From downtown, this is Tim Kitsa from NBA Jam, and you're listening to Nintendo Main Podcast. Boom shakalaka! This week on Nintendo Main, we have John Lester here to talk about Dead Tomb, and I ran into a crazy game-breaking bug. Not for Dead Tomb. Thanks for having me. Who knew being the good guy could mean killing so many good people? I'm lying in wait, just like Agent 47. Nintendo Made Podcast, episode 406, your place to hear Nintendo fans talk to other Nintendo fans about making uh, NES games and that sort of thing. And we are your hosts. I'm Trey, must have been a Tomb Raider Johnson. I'm Jeremy. Hey, I finally made my wrestler, Mikowski. <laughs> and I'm Baba is John Nitter. <laughs> and we have a special guest this week as well, John Lester. How's it going? Good. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. John Lester. Hey, welcome, John. John. So, John, did we decide? How... John K, John L? We could do that, yeah, because we have, we have two Johns here, just so we know uh, who's who. There's different Johns, but they're both John. Yeah. Spelled differently. Hey, uh, I We're, we're used say... to it. Johns are used to it. Yeah, it was just a common name. Yeah. yeah I, I, <laughs> I overheard uh, John talking to you, John, about... Uh, see your youtube channel i realized that i have as well i oh nice i think i've watched your uh well, i've watched a lot of your videos but i in particular i think i found you because i think you did videos of mgc possibly midwest uh, yeah i've been man i've been doing videos for for a while i started one of the ot's uh, did you do midwest gaming classic stuff before I, I i have i've been there uh twice well three times oh, okay because we've nice. done so, uh I, We've recorded we've recorded episodes there as well, like for our podcast. Like, uh, oh, excellent! If you saw me, I have a I have this big giant recorder that I use, like in uh, you know movies and TV and stuff that I brought around to record people with. I'm hoping to get a get a smaller one for for next time. But it's a great great event. Uh, it helped me motivate me to be quite honest to do my own event in Phoenix called Game One Expo. Oh, nice. I've been doing it since fifteen, so a lot of fun oh, doing cool. that. But thank you for having me, guys. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, it's great to have you here. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I, I feel so left out because I haven't seen. I haven't seen the YouTube stuff, but I definitely. I need to. You I don't watch. Up, man. I don't watch. Uh, I'm not really that much of a YouTube person, so I don't. You know, I don't know all the stuff on there. But, uh, but we we brought you on because uh, you have a you have an NES game coming to Switch, uh, yeah. a, a homebrew game, right? Where you made you made it on your own, runs on a regular Nintendo. Uh, Dead Tomb yep. is what it's called. Dead Tomb, yeah. It's not only because coming out on Switch, which is super exciting. Well, it's also coming out on uh, the Xbox as well. So super excited about that. Um, and hopefully down the road, Steam and all the other platforms. But super excited. Uh, obviously, I love the NES. I can tell you guys do too, right? Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, this, this game is unique to most NES games because it's uh, it's a point-and-click game, right? Where there's not many of those uh, type of genre games for the, for, the, for the platform, quite honestly, right? And not right. only that, but it's kind of a lost game in history because it's based on a really old-school game called Temporal Inc. And came out in... Yeah. in, in in North, like Canada, like <laughs> Montreal area, my partners at Collector Vision Games are from that area, right? Montreal and 
I came out for for kind of unique console called the Video A, which is interesting. So, yeah, um, was I that like the Sega Channel or something? Yeah, was that yeah, channel of you. It is kind of the Sega Channel, right? Uh, came out, you know, from what I understand. Again, I'm not Canadian, so I don't, I'm not nostalgic like nostalgic to it like my partners are. But uh, yeah, it came out in 1990. Um, only like 45 games or less came out for it. Um, it was like a cable box as well, which is interesting. So it's kind of tied into a cable box. Uh, and it had a really strong following in that part of Canada. Um, so this is a very unique game. And obviously we updated the graphics uh, and updated the music and some of the gameplay and just kind of gave it a little bit of a, a makeover, so to speak, update. Yeah, I was really curious about that because I hadn't heard of a Temporal Inc. And I, I was trying to find, I couldn't find any footage of it like anywhere, like even on YouTube. It's, like it's, yeah, very, it's like, one of those. Yeah. <laughs> It's one of those truly lost games, of, you know, in time kind of situations. There's like vaporware. Yeah, I mean, it's it's yeah, exactly. And there's like one video on YouTube that's kind of like grainy and not great quality uh, on there that I've seen anyway. There's another game we ported over to called Jester. Um, that's kind of a, a maze game, kind of like Pac-Man, uh, and that's coming out for the NES too. So, but anyway, back to Dead to I'm super excited about this title and um, just. It's, it's, it's very unique. Yeah, like, um, you know, I'm trying to think of other point and clicks on the NES. Like, uh, what, what's, what's, the one, what's the one that that's on the NSO service right now? It's, well, um, Maniac Mansion was one. Maniac uh, Mansion is one, yeah. Uh, I think King's Quest came out for the NES. Deja Vu. Kind of weird. Well, weird I, uh, yeah, actually, the, yeah, the, when I was playing um, Dead Tomb, the first thing that it reminded me of was uh, Shadowgate. Just with okay. the, kind of Shadow with, Gate, with yeah. using the different words to uh, to yeah, do yeah. to do puzzles like that sort of thing. So that just yeah. automatic, which I I love Shadowgate. So that that's uh, right. that's that's one of my one of my old faves. So I was like, oh okay, I get it. And yeah, it's uh, it works it works really good as a. Uh, and I know John John, you mentioned this in the notes, but it works really good as a point and click because you kind of like you don't necessarily have to point and click. You kind of like walk and then choose a verb to interact right, with right. things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. It's not like you have to like like old school. I think old school point class, I think like Apple II games like for Sierra yeah. and you to type in like open door and you do the wrong mm-hmm. adjective verb and you, you mess it up, right? So no it, certainly we have we have action buttons or, or words there you choose from. Um and uh the the game is challenging. It's kind of a lot of puzzlements. You gotta get certain items. There's actually like very few, if not any, enemies in the game, which sounds interesting, right? But uh, it's kind of you against trying to get a special item for your, for to, to escape, right? You land on like an old Egyptian, kind of like Stargate, you know? It's a very Egyptian-themed, which is awesome. I love that. I guess the, the enemies are kind of the game in itself, right? Because... Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. You can, I mean, you can like easily, snake, you can easily die, yeah. You can die pretty yeah, easily. I mean, Oh, you can definitely die in the game, right? It's, it's yeah. yeah, for sure. I mean, there's like a snake that can bite you. There's arrows that can fire at you and, and things like that. But there's not a sense where like you have to go and, and battle against an enemy per se, right? So it's I like those kind of games because because you can play them sort of at, at your at your leisure. Like like you said, you, you do die, but there's nothing right. like chasing you down. And you have to figure this out in thirty seconds and blah. Like sometimes you just want to yeah. like. You, you want to play a game where you're not leaning forward, you're leaning back. You just kind no, of for sure. take there, time to no, figure things out. No time clock, no, no, no countdown. That'd be making it really nerve-wracking if there was, right? Uh, but uh, it's a lot of just like getting, trying to figure out kind of like what do I need to do, where I go, 
get a certain item, unlock this item. But I'll tell you what, like when you figure it out, it's one of those games that's super rewarding, right? And it's like, yes, I got it. <laughs> yeah. I was really looking forward to this when I when I heard uh, the the genre was was point click. Point click is one of my personal favorite genres from nice. back in the day. Yeah. And I also thought like on the NES, some of the NES point and clicks, I, I couldn't as much as I liked the genre, I couldn't quite jive with them because I felt like it was trying those older ones, some of them were trying to fit something into the NES that didn't really fit. It was it was really like yeah. a PC genre, right? right I didn't yeah, know yeah. how to quite get it. But yeah, I think you guys figured something out really cool where one you got the all the all the you know the action verbs on the screen. So you're not like you yeah. said guessing, typing right. random words or whatever. Yeah. And then second, like when you're walking around, it's really helpful when uh, something interactive is highlighted. There's like a little a finger to points at it oh, to yeah. say, "Hey, you can interact with this." You're not just like some of those old games. You would just see, you'd, you'd, it would be like a Where's Waldo thing. You, you, yeah, like, you, you, you didn't know exactly what you could interact with, but right. you guys came upon a formula for NES that really works super. I don't know if you guys notice or not but a lot of the items you get in the game and we get we call them different things but if you look mm. in the menu item and you look at them like well that's the nes zapper that's the power glove oh, uh, oh yeah you know? so there's like a lot of like easter eggs i guess we'd call that right we actually have we call it a game system in the game but it's actually a game boy that you can find and i don't know if you guys knew this What's or that? not there's, there's actually a, a hidden game within the game oh, that you can play nice. so uh, that i didn't and, know and it's, it's it's called runner and it's super fun it's an 8-bit like kind of green tint like you play on a game boy and it's a, it's a really fun game it's within the game so uh very very excited about that little easter egg there as well nice yeah i always love uh i love i love a game within a game you know it's especially yeah. if it's you know within the context like that where it's like a you know a system that you find that has a game in it that you can play on itself yeah it's yeah, always fun you, you get the you find the the handheld you find the game boy but you have to have like the foresight to to say use and if you can use it then yeah you can play it there's nice. a game on there we, we designed that's cool I, what, can you address oh it's just i was just gonna say that i think the game looks looks really good like as far as like graphics yeah. go and and i like the um i like the pixel art that you get like whenever you go from like room to room like how it kind of yeah. has like the camera behind you and shows like the silhouette of yeah. you like yeah. going to the next thing and it, it's it, you know it feels cinematic even though it's an nes game but it still feels very much like a like a cinematic, uh, you know, oh, like you. a Tomb Raider type thing, you know. Esque. Yeah, we um, we that's shout out to Gary and, and JF uh, for for the graphics and the pixel art in the game. I think they did an incredible job. Uh, initially, our, our goal was to make it more animated in terms of those cutscenes and make it like, kind of seem more crawling more. But just with the limitations of the NES, to be quite honest, it was, it was a little challenging to do that. But I think I still think it turned out great and. Um, yeah, it's a very cool and like the over, you can kind of see the, the, the pyramid, so to speak, and kind of move room to room. I think that's very unique. I haven't really seen that in a point and click game before where you can kind of choose where your path and where to go. Yeah. The map, cool. the map helps a lot. And yeah, and you can move, you can actually move from room to room, like with the analog, with the, with the digital pad and all that. So, I mean, that really, right. that really helps a lot to figure out where you're going. Yeah, Absolutely. Can you speak a little bit more on uh, what what's your your role on the game? What, what was your yeah, absolutely on the game? I um well I'm I'm co-owner of Clutter Vision Games, uh, and so my role with with Dead Tomb specifically was I was involved in a lot of the the testing uh, for the game. Uh, I wasn't shout out to my my partner JF. He's really the the mastermind behind it. To be quite honest, he did uh, a lot of the sprite work and 
it's his baby, so to speak, right? So I helped a lot with uh, the testing. Um, I obviously teamed up with with 8-Bit Legit and, and worked with Tim and his team, great guys over there, and, and kind of helped with the marketing and the PR as well. So that's kind of my role. A little bit of everything. A little bit of everything, yeah, <laughs> more or less. <laughs> For such a small company, though, it's really cool to see publishers like y'all getting on the Nintendo Switch that's, you know, go back in time telling someone, yeah. telling a younger you, you would be part of a game that's on the newest Nintendo console. That's got to feel pretty good. No, absolutely. And, you know, the Switch is my favorite modern console, right? I mean, I play my Switch all the time, and I'm sure you guys are huge fans too, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. I think it's a great system for playing games like this, right? I mean, it's, I mean, it uses cartridges, right? And eventually I'd love to get this game released physically, right, uh, for the Switch. Um, this isn't our first game for the Switch. Our, our first one was actually called Sydney Hunter and the, the Curse of the Mayan. Uh, and that's been out for man, right before COVID hit. <laughs> like, you know? So, uh, and that is different though, because that was built on Unity. And that's, that's a, even though it's an 8 bit game, it's, it's got more modern elements. But what I love about Dead Tomb is that it is truly an NES game, right? It's like when you're playing on the Switch, that's the, the same experience that you're going to get playing on an NES, right? So, yeah. Yeah, that's super cool. That's great because you know we've we've talked to some some people from Eight Bit Legit before, and, and you know it's just it's just nice to to feel like I'm not being hoodwinked into thinking that oh this is like an old NES yeah. game because we all know those, right. those games made modernly that are made in an NES style, but there's like things that oh we, you could never do that on on the NES. Right. There'll be way more sprite flicker in this scene here, you know. Yeah, I mean, but, but your game is like as I say, Eight Legit. <laughs> <laughs> That's the name of it, legit, yeah. And, you know, that's got, because it's a four by three aspect ratio, we got the borders and, you know, things like that. And I think the game would look kind of weird stretch, to be honest with you. I think it, you know, it's really intended to be four by three and just kind of old school, you know? And it feels great in that way, you know? Like, uh, if I, if I'm playing the game for, you know, two or three minutes, I forget that I'm playing a Switch and it does feel like I'm playing uh and an nes you know yeah uh, i didn't i just thought i didn't even give it a try but does it work with the with the nes switch controllers that's a great question and i'm, I'm assuming it would uh our other, actually. our other think- game that we released is compatible with the nes controller because we intentionally deliberately did the i'm pretty positive it would because the mapping would be the same it's only two buttons yeah. a d-pad you know the uh, the switch recognizes it as a pro controller when you're not using it in the app okay oh, right cool yeah, I was gonna say it should work because yeah, for Dead Tomb, it's just it's just one, it's just pretty much the one uh, one button to confirm, and then the control right. pad, and that's about all you really need yeah. from what I've from what I've seen. Yeah. So this next question that I got for you, it's gonna come you know out of uh, you know be, be, being related to the game, but also just out of my my personal need to know this: is there a spot where point and click adventure fans go to? Uh, speak and commiserate on on, on their favorite <laughs> genre specific, specifically for an nes game NES yeah you know i saw your question on the notes uh podcast notes and i'm trying to think about it man i can't really think of anywhere you know because i know the fans are out there like you and me right there are people out yeah. there who appreciate and love that genre uh but you kind of mentioned it too like the nes really wasn't to be honest like a a great platform for it right it was more of a pc thing um mm-hmm. so i think you know dead tomb's kind of unique in the sense that you know, we we made it uh, feel right <laughs> for the yeah. NES. You know, so, it worked. 
It works. Yeah. There's there's not a point and click RS uh, club or anything like that that you can. I'm sure you have like a Reddit. Maybe there'll be a Reddit forum or something. I'm sure you can find a Facebook group that's like point and click clubbers. Yeah, there are. It's amazing what weird shit you can find. Like I, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If anybody out there knows, please, please message us. <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> yeah, I could, I could probably find one. Um, yeah. As the, uh, I, I like the, I like the running joke about the Tomb Raider stuff. That's what I said as my nickname earlier. I must have been a Tomb Raider because every time you look at a dead body in the game, that's what it says. Uh, right. Whenever you find yeah. the skeletons, what if you, if you exam, examine them, it says must have been a Tomb Raider. So I was like, oh, right. I, was, I was like, there's my exactly. middle name right there. <laughs> <laughs> It right. definitely works with it. Yeah, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of fun, like you know, little like I said, little nods and stuff like that in there uh, to to various yep. things. I noticed that there's a, a very famous uh, uh, name attached to this game, a very famous company name attached oh, yeah. to this game, and that got me really excited. I was like, okay, how did how did a claim become involved? <laughs> yeah, well, we actually Collector Vision Games. We acquired the name. Like, if you go to the trademark database in the U.S. database, we actually own the claim name. Uh, oh. we acquired it probably shoot six, maybe eight years ago. Doesn't give us the right, we don't have like the library of IPs, we can't go and like publish old acclaim games, unfortunately, right? Uh, but we can publish new games under the acclaim label. Still, that's so, cool, interesting. Yeah. yeah, I was wondering yeah. about that because yeah, John was like, Yeah, th- there's a, an acclaim on here which I haven't seen for a while, but I was like, I just I just played the, the re release of Turok 3, and like that's at the beginning of that too, like they do the claim logo right. and all that, so right. so I don't know how. You know, because I know, like, uh, was it a um, Night Dive Studios or whatever? Just took Turok and just redid it, maybe because nobody cared or nobody owned it or whatever. So, right, right, yeah, yeah, that sort of yeah. Thing. It's like, yeah, we don't have the IP IPs. Maybe they purchased the IP and maybe that's included, but like, we couldn't do uh, a new like NBA GM game or anything like that where they claim. Oh, sure, but yeah. <laughs> we can do, do new ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks like a claim as it used to be cult started collapsing in two thousand four. Yeah. I'm reading the Wikipedia article. Right? Yeah, I was gonna say. I, yeah. yeah, I thought it had been. I thought it'd been done for in a while. But yeah, it's interesting to see, you know, new stuff from it. And I was curious. I know, like other, what is it? The company that was it, uh, Renegade Kid or whatever they like. They formed from old acclaimed uh, workers. So I thought maybe it was yeah. like, with that. So, but yeah, we also. I don't know if you guys know the, the name Exidy. Uh, it's an old That's familiar. Uh, yep. They did games like uh, I think like Pepper Two. Um, there's mousetrap things like that, but anyway, uh, we we acquired that name too. But that's a very old, more even older school. That's like Atari ColecoVision time frame, early '80s. So we acquired that as well. Nice. That's awesome. That's that's another thing that's got to feel pretty cool to be like, yeah, I own the acclaimed name now. You know, yeah. another thing that you want to go back and tell your eight year old self one day you're gonna own the acclaimed name. I know, right? It's pretty wild. It's pretty wild. So, and you, you can tell the people who, who who really know the brand because they spell it the C. A lot of people try yep. to spell it K, KK, you know. Mm. It's a C, I claim. <laughs> Growing up, I always thought it was K just because the design, you know, it looks like. Yeah, yeah it I looks was very surprised like. Surprised to learn it was a yeah, C not that long ago. Yeah, yeah. So, um, now those of you, maybe we talked about this before the show actually started, before we actually started recording, but, but there might be some people out there hearing John's voice and go, well, that guy sounds familiar. Well, <laughs> on YouTube, you are known as Gamester81. Gamester81, yeah. 81 being yeah. the year I was born. Uh, started back making videos back in 09. Um, and uh, I have, I'm have i a huge gamer. I'm a big Star Wars fan. I have a Star Wars channel, too, on YouTube called Star Wars Not 77. 
um, just started making videos and was kind of one of the OGs in the YouTube gaming community, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. And I still do it for fun. Yeah, and that's, nice. post, yeah, really. you know. that's pretty damn early for a gaming channel. Yeah, I was very early. Like James Rolfe was obviously early. Uh, he was a big inspiration for me. Uh, happy console gamer. I was a good friend of mine. Uh, still is very close. I'm going to see him a couple months at my, my event here in Phoenix. Uh, but other than that, like there's very few gaming channels out there <laughs> when I started. So it was wild. It's nice to be there at the very beginning, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, when, when, you know, when I was a kid, I'm sure a lot of people did, but you know, when I was like in high school, I used to record myself playing games on VHS tapes and stuff like that and yeah. give, give yeah. them to people at high school. You know, like I remember I met a kid in art, cl- art class at like, like the mystical ninja so i recorded myself playing the 64 game and like was like oh, yeah. here take a look at this game that you it's... said you liked once you know so like Watch you know I, I did yeah. stuff like that but i was like yeah i wish i would have got you know we all kind of wish we would have got into it like way back at the beginning and all oh, that I, when it's, I had you know, no idea when you didn't even think it was going to be a thing you know no i had no idea i just did because i'm a, i have a pretty extensive console collection i have like over 200 unique consoles in my collection wow and there wasn't any information online about them to be quite honest right and so I just started doing my own research, like about Nintendo 64 disk drive, for example, or, you know, some unique, and I just started doing videos and post them online and people liked it. I cringe when I watch my old stuff, to be honest. Like <laughs> I was, it's funny because watching back on, looking back on it, I was like in a small, you know, just had recently been married in a small house. I usually did my filming at night when my wife was asleep. So I'm whispering very quiet in a lot of my videos, you know, lighting's terrible, but despite all that, I guess people connect to do it, which is great. And uh, grew the channel. I've, over 100,000 subscribers now and just really honored and be a part of the YouTube gaming community. Nice. We also got to realize like technology wasn't where it is now. So you can, oh, that's true <laughs> for sure. <laughs> but I think like, it's good to cringe on your old self as they say, cause that means you're, that means you're growing, right? No, that's hundred percent. Jeremy. 100%. <laughs> <laughs> so. I mean, yeah. I remember just like digitizing, digitizing like uh, VHS tapes, like on my old computer and all that. Just, oh, yeah. just doing that stuff before. I mean, that was my first like thing I ever did on our YouTube channel was basically yeah. taking like our movies. Cause John and I, we went to film school together, uh, John Nitter, cool. and, uh, mm. and, and like, you know, it was basically taking like VHS tapes of stuff that we'd shot in film school and putting it on YouTube. Yeah. Like that was like the first thing I ever did stuff. I filmed stuff with Jeremy too, obviously, but right. years ago. I have 10 year old twin boys and trying to explain what a VHS tape to them the other day. And like their minds are blown. Like what? You gotta rewind it. And you know, <laughs> Did you did you uh, tell them the story of the Betamax VHS uh, battle yeah, of, of yesterday? Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we used to have yeah. two tapes, and one of them was smaller and better, but the other one, you know, was the one that went. You know, right. something tells me you probably own a Betamax. Um, you know, surprisingly, I don't own a Betamax, which is crazy. Um, but I know my, my dad had a Betamax, my you know, growing up. Didn't they uh, like bypass the uh, security feature when you were like copying tapes? Was that something people liked about them? Possibly, because my yeah. dad had a huge, yeah, had like a huge collection of uh, beta tapes that he had uh, cross yeah. whatever cross recorded from other stuff. So my favorite platform, thing. honestly, is Laserdisc. Oh yeah, I, I love Laserdisc. Oh, yeah, and, uh, you can you can go slow slow motion on those things, and uh, it's great. I love the Laserdisc. Is there anybody making Laserdiscs? I, I doubt it, but no. You know, it's funny because you mentioned that because I know like records have come back, right? Uh, vinyls. But Laserdisc, I don't. I'm afraid I don't think they are making new Laserdisc. But I would love to see like Avatar on Laserdisc, or I'd love to see the new Star Wars on Laserdisc, or some of these great movies on Laserdisc. I'd love to see it. 
Do you, uh, do, I mean, do you ever like uh, cross promote stuff? I mean, I, I, I like, have you done stuff on Dead Tomb, like on on Gamester eighty one or anything like that, like for collector? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I, you know, um, and that's how I got involved with the Collector Vision games initially. Okay, long story short, um, my my very first console growing up was a ColecoVision, right? Um, Me too. So yep. That and shoot, it must have been back in oh eight oh nine. I oh no. Because that's when I started my channel, so I'm trying to think math when I started. But anyway, early 2010-ish, I created a ColecoVision game called Game Show. You won the game, right? Pretty original, right? Uh, and it was for the ColecoVision. And then I got connected through the ColecoVision guys. Uh, through that, became partners, good friends. And I've been with the company for, shoot, uh, probably eight years or more. Um, and just really love the guys. Love, you know, it's fun making games. A lot of work, though. <laughs> you oh, <yeah>. know? And... <laughs> You know, it, it's it's definitely a lot of work, but we, we definitely love a blast doing it. And like these, uh, like like you were saying before, like a, like a lot of these these eight bit legit uh, produced stuff uh, ones that we, you know, that we talk about on here. Um, there's actually like physical carts, right? There's physical cartridges that can go in your NES, and you can play it on like an original system, correct? Right? For yeah, for for, for, well, for, Dead, Tomb? for Dead Tomb, yeah, 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 for sure, yeah. So uh, with eight bit legit, we're doing a three hundred run copy, which is cool. Uh, and they're like blue carts, uh, and yeah, they'll play on your NES. Comes with the map, comes with instructions. Obviously, the cart box, uh, the artwork. Shout out to Oscar who does the artwork for us. He's he lives in Mexico, one of the most talented artists I know, honestly. And uh, I think that he did an incredible job with the artwork on this one. Yeah, it looks real good. Like I mm-hmm. like uh, definitely like what I've seen of it. Like I said, uh, the um, you know, it seems it seems reflected. Like the, there's the artwork for the front, but also the. Uh, the pixel art kind of kind of reflects like what you see on the yeah absolutely that sort of thing yeah i really i'm interested in this i am a huge fan of deja vu is my favorite point and click on the nes and probably oh, nice. the only one i've beaten uh well we played cool. that escape room game what was that called an any escape yeah or, Nescape. or, or, or Nescape. Uh, Nescape. However, yeah. I, only, yeah. I only beat that because i watched a tutorial or whatever but still i did beat it it was a that's a really fun game. Came out several years ago, right? Uh, yeah, we did a. Yeah. I think it just came to Switch. Was it last year? We did an interview with them about a year ago on Switch, but yeah, yeah it was up okay. before that. Yeah, that's, that's another unique game, though. I love what they did with it, and just like yeah. the different lights, you have to switch on and off, and just like very cool, very clever. I think that was a brilliant game. It must be fun to be part of the the NES, um, I guess, home, homebrew community, coming up with your own NES games. And, yeah, it is fun and it, it is a great community i mean there there's another i think there's probably more home homebrew nes games now than the original nes games right uh probably yeah but which i think is awesome um and i, I love and that's not even including the hacks and you know <laughs> right all the other you know and that's even cool um but uh yeah i know it's, it's definitely cool i would never imagine growing up as a kid obviously being a huge fan of the nes in the 80s that as an adult, I'd be making games for the platform, right? I mean, it's pretty mind blowing. Yeah. That it would still be around. Maybe as a kid, you wouldn't think about it being gone. But and if I had a time machine, <laughs> I would buy all the games. I go back and buy like, yeah. I mean, man, I'd be getting my Flintstones. I'd be getting all those games. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's also I mean, just amazing these old ass consoles still work. You know, like most Nintendo's just work still. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, and I've I love- got two that don't, but. I love what analog is do- has done, you know, with yeah. making PGA consoles. I think that's great because now you can play them on HDMI and on modern, con- you know, modern monitors, <laughs> you know, 
But I'm an old school guy too, so I, I do like playing on my CRT. When I play on the NES, that's my preferred way to play, for sure. Definitely. Yeah, I've got so I, these guys know, but I got I've got a Miss Pac-Man arcade machine. Oh, awesome. And the the CRT, it, it unfortunately, it's just it does is not any good anymore. Uh, um, have you capped it? So have, I, you tried, have you tried giving new caps? I've not tried any kind of repairs or anything. I'm not really yeah. I'm not really that technically knowledgeable. Okay. I did okay. ask somebody. Um, you know, what would it take to get a new uh, CRT installed in this thing? Well, apparently it's like $700 or something for a CRT these days. That's, for, almost for, for much, that's almost as much yeah. as the cabinet itself. Uh, exactly. Yeah. That's crazy. Uh, is that, is said, there like no, no, image, no image at all, or is it like burnt dent, or like what's the issue with it? Uh, it's got, there's, there's patches where it just doesn't come in. Uh, and then okay. um, there's some other problems with the machine as well but the main thing being the crt would have to be replaced and the guy told me it's like 700 for the new crt or you can get a you know led for you know 200 bucks or whatever right like right but i don't, I don't want to go with the inauthentic version i want i want the authentic it's version, a different you know? look right no i, I, I yeah. respect that it's a different look this the, yeah yeah the, the modern yeah it is a different look i have a couple handful of arcades myself and i'm always scared to death the touch monitors even if the things oh, been yeah. off for a while because they hold a charge and if you don't ground them before you un, you know unhook them up and stuff, you can it can shock you. Zap. <laughs> yeah, you know, so yeah. I always get scared touching monitors, you know. <laughs> so yeah, but yeah, Miss Pac-Man's a classic for sure. And I'm sure it's a lot more yeah. complicated than just like putting a TV in there, right? Like you have to like, I mean, to hook it up to the arcade stuff and all that, you have to like take the back off or something like for whatever you have going on, John Knitter. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I don't know. I'm I'm scared to touch it. So, I don't want to break don't, it even more. Don't get rid of it, though, John. Don't get rid of it. You got to no play. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm holding on for dear life. She, she's a classic. You can't get rid of her because uh, you know it's iconic. You know, and is the artwork is the side art still pretty good shape? It's still in good shape. Yeah, actually. So, I, I, a lot of a lot of our listeners have heard the story, but I found it when I was walking home from work one day. Oh, nice! A guy was we- wheeling it out of the bar. I just right, well, right time, right place, and then uh, I called up Trey, who was the only guy who, who I knew who had a big enough car. Oh, yeah, and uh, ten well, o'clock at night, Trey came down. Well, and yeah, well, I didn't. Well, this, this I mean, my my, my my car definitely was not big enough. Basically, what what, what happened was uh, my my like uh, girlfriend at the time, like her roommate, had a big car, and that was how we got it. It wasn't it oh, wasn't my awesome. car. Like we had to call a couple people. But yeah. I, I went to I went to try, you know, because I had just like a regular yeah. like, you know, and yeah. it, it was like a sedan. And this is like three hundred pounds. You know, they're yeah. not like huge. Uh, yeah, and I don't know if you live on like a multiple story if you take upstairs or not. But that's I've have done that before, and that's definitely not fine. Oh. I think it's great what Arcade One Up does with arcades, but there's nothing like the original. Yeah, you know, yeah, and, I agree. Uh, I, I, I agree. I've got I've got a couple of the arcade one ups, and, and you know, I'm, well, right right now, this the Miss Pac Man lives at my parents' house. I'm, I'm at my parents' house at the moment. Okay, and so sitting down in the basement right now, and I'm like, okay. I'm never moving that thing around again. Yeah, I love yeah. that thing, yeah. but it lives here now. Right, you got it downstairs is one thing, right? Now getting back up, good luck. Yep, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> got to pop a couple of power pellets. You got this. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, arcades are awesome. I love I love the classic arcades. Is there uh are is there are, is there any like upcoming stuff for uh for collector vision that you that you can talk about that that's going past uh 
Dead yeah, Tomb. of course. Like, like, what, like what's after Dead Tomb? Dead Tomb 2, 3, and 4. No, I'm just joking. I'd love that. <laughs> I'd love to have sequels of Dead Tomb. That'd be cool. Right? Why, why not? Yeah. Keep it going. You know, um, I, I would, you know, we are working on um, Jester, which is coming out for the NES. I mentioned that, alluded to that a little bit earlier. Uh, that's coming out for the NES. That's a puzzle game. Not a puzzle game. I'm sorry. It's, it's a it's a kind of a, a maze game, right? So it's like Miss Pac-Man, <laughs> right? Nice. But there's, there's multiple angles and facets to it as well. So that should be coming out actually fairly shortly. Hopefully next month. Uh, we'll be announcing that. Um, working with Megacat uh, with that, so that's going to be super exciting. Um, we I mentioned City Hunter and the Curse of the Mayan for, you know, it's on Switch right now. It's also on um, Steam. It's coming out on February 6th for PlayStation and Xbox platforms, which we're super excited about. And that's truly a love letter for 8-bit, like, old-school games, right? It's um, Mayan-themed, which is great. Uh, I, I love the Egyptian theme, right? But I think followed by the Egyptian theme, I'd have to go with Maya and the Mayan. And, and uh, the, the best way to explain that game is like Mega Man meets Castlevania, gameplay wise, right? So nice. you have a whip, you have, there's a lot of Mega Man, like the boss battles are very Mega Man y, <laughs> so to speak. Uh, there's like parts of the game, like reappearing blocks that you get in the Mega Man. The music is very Capcom ish kind of sounding music in some cases. Um, so that is kind of our flagship game, and that's coming out for for the other modern platform. So we're super excited about that. Um, we're we're working on a handful of uh, um, games. For, we're working. There's a collection that we're working on uh, with a premium edition games. That's going to be for the Switch physically. It's going to be a collection of NES games actually, which is really cool. Um, cool. And Jester will be included in that. That should be out probably later this year. And then uh, just a handful of, of ColecoVision games that we were, were working on as well. So kind of a lot in the pipeline, all very exciting stuff. We're all very stoked about it. That's, I'm excited about the ColecoVision games. You said Coleco was your first console. It was my first that's, console, too. So I just got oh, okay. a big soft spot for Coleco. That's, yep. that's why our name is called ColecoVision, because we're all ColecoVision. And we've probably produced, gosh, maybe 100 games for the ColecoVision. Like unique games. Hey, you guys are busy. Uh, we released uh, a couple years ago. We actually released. Uh, speaking of FPGA console, like wait, we talked to analog, we released one for the ColecoVision, like an actual console called the ColecoVision Phoenix. Uh, that is FPGA. It will play ColecoVision carts, but it's got HDMI out, and it's just a modernized ColecoVision console. So that's awesome. Yeah, I got not not gonna look into that because I'm thinking it's probably been a couple of years since I actually turned my ColecoVision on. I'm wondering if it works anymore, but <laughs> I've got, now I've got another solution. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. And there's like a, an attachment people have created. In the, the the man, I'll tell you about talk about homebrew community. I'll tell you the ClicoVision community is very strong, very niche, very small, but mighty. <laughs> you know, yeah. and they 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 released an adapter that can hook up to the ClicoVision issue, make the ClicoVision graphically look like an NES. So Dead Two is actually on. Our Phoenix console, and it looks just like it, you'd be playing on the NES on the ColecoVision, which is that's amazing. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Really cool. I can, th I can think of like some ColecoVision games that, in my mind, kind of were in the same ballpark as NES. But yeah, it was a pretty big jump to so here. There's something that can actually turn up the dial and make it like <laughs> an NES. That's cool. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Graphically, the ColecoVision is very similar to the Sega SG100 or 1000. Right. It's very graphically yeah, very very similar to that and We've ported some games from the SG-1000 to the ColecoVision just because it's an easy game to port because it's graphically, it's, it's very similar hardware. 
So nice. And you mentioned you mentioned you have an, an event that, which I I'd heard about it through your your videos before. Um, okay. What's what? Uh, when 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 is your next event coming up? Yeah, it's coming. It's called Game on Expo. Uh, it's coming out March. We're, we're not coming out. It's coming. It's going to be happening March fifteenth through seventeenth. So right around the corner. Day weekend. Right. It's going to be around the corner. Uh, so it's coming up very soon. We started in fifteen. It's <laughs> grown quite large. <clears throat> we're probably expecting. Honestly, I'm, I'm shooting for, and these are like unique numbers, not turnstile, 15,000 to 20,000 people uh, to come out. Um, very old, you know, I'm an old school guy, so I like to obviously very heavy on retro, but we also sure. have a modern gaming esports element to it. We have tabletop, we have anime, we have arcade, um, you know, so I don't know if you guys are familiar with or played Boulder's Gate 3. Uh, we've got some of the main. Jeremy's played it. Okay, so we've got like Asterian. He's coming out. The guy who does the voice work. Oh, the, oh wow! The the award yeah. winner, the game game award winner. Yeah, he's coming out. Yeah, he's the award. Yeah, he's coming out from the UK. <laughs> wow, <laughs> Which, that's super cool. cool. That's awesome. I had to book his fight the other day, and that wasn't a very fun fight to book. But uh, it's going to be great to have him. And that was that's especially big. since he's a vampire. Yeah. Right. Right. Can only do night fights. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And we've got a handful of other. Characters from from that that game as well, like Lazelle and um, oh, some other ones. So we're doing a reunion. This never happened before in the U.S. We'll be the first ones to do it uh, with Baldur's Gate three reunion. So See, that's they're the hotness right now, as far as yeah, they're yeah yeah. We we they're all blowing up on social media doing like different things in their character voices, which is pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. So super excited. Um, you know, we through the event, I've become good friends with Tim Kitrow, who's the voice of the NBA GM. Yeah, uh, we uh, are, at the beginning uh-huh. of our of our episodes, we actually have Tim Kitzer did like a Nintendo main promo for us. So I, oh, I, awesome. I have his such voice super, on there because he, he's such a nice guy because he's like somewhat local, right? Because he's like yeah. mid, Midwest because we, we yeah. talked to him at the at the Midwest Gaming Classic. We did like, yeah. a, like an interview with him and he did a little promo thing for us. That's great. At the beginning oh, you guys will appreciate this. We're doing this year. We're also doing a. Getting a lot of the guys from Rare, right? So, oh, nice, uh, awesome. Dave Weiss, like he's they're all yeah, from Rare, Dave oh, Weiss. oh, the G, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So what's cool is like he's coming out. He's bringing, um, like uh, Grant, uh, Kirk Hope. I mean, a whole bunch of other like, nice. They're they're going to perform on live. I think they did a Midwest Gaming Class. I think several years ago, uh, they were there as well. But they're coming out to game on, and there's like four or five of them. So, oh, that's you know, awesome. we're talking about the composer of Donkey Kong Country and. You yeah, know, Gold, uh, Goldeneye and Perfect Dark. All those classic games. Conquer. I I grew up. I'm sure you guys grew up playing as well. <laughs> you oh, know? Yeah. His yeah. music's iconic. It's just like oh man, that that underwater Donkey Kong uh-huh. oh, yeah. is like I could sleep to that every night. Like just puts me. I just love it. You need to. You, know? uh, you need to. Since Grant Kirkhope will be there, you need to uh, demand justice for his uh, for his proper crediting for the uh, Super Mario Brothers movie. I don't know if you remember that. Right. The, uh, no. He, yeah, never, no, he, didn't, he they... didn't get credited for the Donkey Kong rap that was in that. It just says, right. like, what, what it just is says that? it's from the wow. game or whatever. It doesn't have his name on there. It's a bunch of bullcrap. That is bullcrap. And unfortunately, I saw much Twitter Nintendo, talking about so it. They can't really do much about it, right? Because yeah. you're going to go with, I guess, Nintendo lawyers. Good luck, right? So they could at least yeah. like just throw him a bone and put his name in there. They don't have to like. Yeah, you could have redone the credits. Like, you know, do the do the Bill Finger thing and like put his name yeah. in there. That's why he did the Donkey Kong rap. I forgot he'd done that. Yeah, I remember that being mm-hmm. a thing on Twitter. He kept talking. I was like, "That's that's just fucked up, man. Come on, think, just put the guy's name on there in the Kong credits." Racing. One of them, one of them did the Kong Racing too, the soundtrack, which is great. Oh yeah, I believe it. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah, that, I mean that was a big thing for Rare for me. It was like always like incredible soundtracks. You know, like the 
I mean, it's some oh, fun absolutely. games, but also incredible soundtracks. Absolutely, and they they worked on like I was looking at his, his, his uh, history of NES games. Speaking of NES games, I mean, shoot, they oh he, yeah, David Weiss did a bunch of shit too. Like he yeah, did like he did like Pinbot, the NES Pinbot game, and like WrestleMania, like one of the wrestling yeah. like, the WWF RC Prime, like and, it's RC Prime, yeah. like one of my favorite games in the NES, you know, and like. Man, the list goes on and on. It's like uh, Night, Nightmare on Elm Street. He did the Nightmare on Elm Street Nightmare soundtrack, too. Yeah. Oh, he did that, too? Yeah, really? yeah. Well, that was a rare game. The Nightmare on Elm Street NES game was. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah. So, yeah. It's, uh, so anyway, it, it gives me a good <laughs> excuse to meet some of these cool people. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's a lot of work doing these events, though, right? It's the best way to explain it is, like, imagine having a house party. You know, throwing a yeah. party with all your friends, but on a much larger scale. <laughs> but, yeah, but not at your own house. <laughs> not in your own place. house, but yeah. at a convention center. Yeah, <laughs> and it's a house party. Like you, you got to go around and say hi to everybody. Give everybody yeah, five exactly. minutes. Like that's exactly. you with fifteen thousand people giving everybody five minutes. So, so I don't know how well you guys watch YouTube or not, but we do have some YouTube guys coming out. Um, you guys know Metal Jesus rocks. Metal yeah. Jesus. Yep. He's he's a good friend of mine. We were on a podcast together for years. A uh, good guy. Yeah, he's uh, great. Happy gamer. Um, coming out, we have Nintendo. Uh, I don't know if you know his channel or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has great coverage on Nintendo product. That's his name. His name's Drew, but he goes covers Nintendo stuff. Really good guy. He's coming out. So we've got a handful of content creators and, and you know voice actors, and you know it's a good time. We have a good time out there. You doing like a cosplay thing or what? Anything like that? Oh yeah, cosplay's big because yeah, we we we're we're different in the sense that like. We we're about 20, 25% of our show is anime based, right? Okay. And uh, we do have cosplay. In the past, we've always done Game On in August, which I don't know if you guys have been to Phoenix in August, but it's like 103,000 degrees out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and like, yeah, super hot, you know? And so that doesn't make it very friendly for cosplay, right? Because you're, you're sweating your balls. Uh, <laughs> but we moved it to March, which I don't know if you guys have ever been in Phoenix in March, but cooler. we're talking like 70 degree weather. 75 degrees. Sounds better. Yeah. Perfect. And that's dry yeah. heat. It's much, it's like we're talking like 30 degrees, 40 degrees difference, right? Between the two. Uh, so that's good. Now, the challenge is I had my last event in August. Now I'm doing it again in March. So instead of having a year planning, I only have six months, seven months of planning. So it's it's a little stressful in that sense. But, you know, I think there's, I have an amazing team that helps out. I uh, couldn't do it without them. And it's we're super excited. I can't wait till summer. <laughs> so is that where you're based out of as like a company or? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in Phoenix. Okay. Uh, my two business partners, JF and Toby, they're. So that makes sense. That's where you would host it. That's why I was asking. Yeah. Yeah. I grew up in Seattle originally, but I've been in Phoenix for probably 20 years now. And um, yeah. Were you guys in Midwest? I assume you guys are. In- yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. They're, they're in Chicago. I'm in Detroit. Well, okay. I'm, yeah, awesome. I'm, in, I'm in Chicago. Jeremy's in Champaign. But yeah, it's, we're, okay. we're kind of, we're not that far away from each other yeah that's great maybe like a five hour what maybe five hours to you for me john okay. correct yeah nice and i'm sure i'm sure there'll be like uh there'll be like a, a a booth for um for for dead tomb and uh collector vision and all that at the event right yeah we we've definitely had booth coverage in the past i unfortunately this year i don't know if we will be because I, I can't be at the booth i can't man it i got a show to run you know so like, well, well sure yeah i mean i, I didn't think yeah. i didn't think you would be there but you know no, but there would sure. be still some representation of the company in, in the past we have had my my partnership come out this year it's not gonna work out just scheduling wise so uh but i always try to use game on as a platform to promote dead to man i told tim over at 8-bit legit too like what i'd like to do in the future not this year's i think it's too soon but i'd love to have an area next year where there's an indie nes area right where we have like 
we can showcase the new NES games, what's coming out, and just because I think that's such a cool facet. I love that people are keeping the old school games alive, and I want yeah. Game On to be a platform. And I know other shows do a great job. Midwest does a great job at it. You know, just showcasing and introducing those games to the younger audience. You know, that's what I love because you know you get the younger kids playing these games and, and enjoying the NES. That's that's awesome, right? That's what you hope for. <laughs> yeah, it's always fun to like show it to the younger generation. I don't have kids, but I've I got a nephew, and it's it's always yeah. fun for me to like bring my Switch over and show him the NSO with all the right. older games and the ones that he gels with, the ones that he doesn't. You know, it's it's interesting my- to see. My kids are 10 now, but the first game they ever played was the Tori 600. And then we, I eventually moved on to the ColecoVision and they, then they played NES and they, before oh, they even that's... played Fortnite and before they even played Minecraft and all those games, just so they can <laughs> appreciate the old school stuff. Well, that's a proper. Yes, you brought them up in chronological order. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You got to the course. Yeah. Fortnite first or whatever. And then they're going to look at the old school stuff and they're like, oh, that's stupid. And it's not yeah. because you know that's what kids think because they don't understand that it's about the gameplay and it's about the story and you know so just make them appreciate it more. <laughs> and now and Fortnite's then, pretty much like a console in its in its own right. Now it's got yeah, like four true. or five games within within the. I Fortnite know they have a or whatever. Seeing, they have like a um, rock band mini yeah. game within they it do, too. Yeah. And they have like a Lego thing now and like dude and the racing the Lego thing is yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they have a racing one now too, right? Yeah, because they, they yeah. yeah they got the Rocket League, on Rocket League racing thing yeah. too. Rocket right? League, yeah, yeah, but it's like a Rocket League but racing. It's interesting. Yeah. Um, but hey, whatever keeps them busy, I suppose. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so that was uh, like you were talking about uh, about like representation for uh, NES games and all that at conventions. That's yeah. like how we originally you know met up with like eight bit eight bit legit more or less. It was uh because um, it was a uh, what was it um the the company that did uh, the haunted Halloween uh. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, retrotainment. Retrotainment. Oh, yeah, yeah. I knew it was retro. Yeah, because yeah, because yeah. uh, Tim's because that's the same because he does both, right? Eight bit and uh, yeah, retrotainment. I think yeah. uh, my understanding is eight bit legit's a partnership with with retrotainment and yeah. Mega, right? So yeah, cause um, that, that's how we originally met them was through that because they had their own like any uh, NES room like in the very first Midwest Gaming Classic yeah, yeah, where yeah. it showed like the yeah. new NES games and I started talking to people there and yeah, it was the the haunted Halloween stuff was big and we talked to them about that and. I love the game. I and, love both yeah. of them. Uh, yeah, one yeah. and two. Yeah. I always I always played during Halloween time. <laughs> you know, and mm-hmm. I just love the look and graphics. So they did such a great job on that game and how you like you turn into a zombie when you get hit, you know, and just the the whole thing is cool. Very clever. Have you so, played Full Quiet at all? I have played Full Quiet. Yeah, that was and that's another really pretty damn good. That was another really big release big last year that we talked to them. Yeah. Yeah, that was a really fun game too. I played that. Yeah, that came out for the Switch recently as well, right? Yeah, yep. yeah, it came out last year. A couple months ago, yeah. Last yeah. year, yeah, yeah, yeah. So very cool. It, it would be neat to have a to have like an eight bit legit booth that just has all the uh, physicals that that they've you know like that they've produced, like have Dead Tomb and 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 any Escape and you know and uh, Full Quiet and all those games. Hundred percent. And I, I would love cool. like speaking with my my business cap on. I'd love to get like an exclusive, like just a lead, not an exclusive game, but like. A show exclusive cover, maybe put a sticker on it or something. <laughs> you know, like oh, that'd be great. Yeah, yeah, yeah make it like, unique. Have I do like that a with uh, specific colored cartridge for the for the event that you can yeah, only do, get there. Do a special yeah. color cartridge. I mean, yeah. I do. I do partner with my friend Jeff, who owns uh, a premium edition games, and we do have uh, like every year. The last three years we're doing it this year. I know Midwest Gaming Classic does the same thing, but we partner with them with a with a game release, and we put a special slipcover with Game On Expo's logo and dates. I think and, there is a Doodle World know. was the one I got last. 
Yeah, they have the uh, they have like the with the VIG. No, it was uh, last time I was there. It was Exit Loop because I have it okay. looking at it right now. Yeah, when right, I was, right. I don't know what year that was, but uh, yeah, you know, I love last time I was at uh, Midwest. I think it was this past year. But I love that they release the uh, like they have a whole bunch of homebrew games, right? They have like a special exclusive list from Genesis to NES to like it's really cool. I love that they do that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like I said, that that show is definitely an inspiration for Game On. Portland Retro Gaming Expo. I don't know if you've ever been there or not. In Portland, yeah. that's another great show. I would recommend you guys to be at the time. I know it's kind of not too close for me. <laughs> it's neither. I went in 2017. I actually played a whole like vacation around it and had a really good time. Awesome! Yeah, it's yeah. A- great, great show. Great guys who run it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's far, but yeah, yeah. I'd love to. I want to go to my my bucket list this year. Is I want to go to too many games. I haven't been there yet. I've heard yeah, nothing I've heard but good about things that about too. that. So, um. Yeah, I mean, there's a handful of shows. I just got back from Magfest this past weekend. Oh, uh, Magfest looked dope with the uh, that Super Metroid, the Mother Brain costume. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't, yeah, I didn't know what that was from. Like Jeremy put it in the Slack, and I saw it, and I was like, "Wow, that's crazy looking." They, they last up, went, yeah. yeah, last time I went to Magfest was actually I was looking at 2013, so it'd been 10 years almost, 11 years, right? And it's just grown so much, uh, which is really exciting to see. And yeah, they had um was super cool. Speaking of Metroid, they had the I don't know if you heard of Metroid Metal. It's a it's a band. They play metal music to Metroid the covers mm-hmm. to like metal style, and it's so awesome. And they had like cosplayers come out on stage, like dressed up as Samus and like all these different character enemies from Metroid, and such a great time. It was awesome. Nice. Did uh, Rex cool. Viper play this year? Who? Rex Viper. James Maybe. Rolf's band. Maybe. I uh, feel no, like that's no. The- um, I know he was there. For briefly, Maybe I'm thinking of a different convention. The... No, I know he was there. J- James was there for for a bit, but I don't know if he performed. To be honest, gotcha. 88. Uh, who's a group that like, performed? There's they do like oh, a group that's gonna annoy me. It's called 88 something bit, 88 bits or something like that. But their premise is they they play live music to covers, but they play the game. They have a guy on there on stage playing, like they did Ducktales, for example, right? So they have a guy playing Ducktales, but instead wow. of this game music, they play live for that and the guy speed runs through ducktales oh, nice. castlevania i'll say like change up the cool. track as it is the level oh yeah and so yeah they have to change yeah. the, track. Live so score. After the battle boss battle changes right and it was Holy the shit. coolest mind-blowing thing i ever seen i'm like and this guy's playing this in front of thousands of people and i'm like dude it's gotta be no wrecking to play <laughs> no pressure Castlevania is a freaking hard game right yeah. and this guy's like blowing through it and going through enemies beating dracula like it's no one didn't die once and i'm trying to think what the other game was uh there's three Castlevania DuckTales, and there's a third game. Oh, uh, Double Dragon. And they oh, just yeah, great blew, blew yeah. through it, man. It was so cool. It was awesome. Damn. Yeah, that yeah. would be that would be cool. Hey, to I see. gotta go to more conventions. Yeah. 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 I love, I love going to conventions, man. It's been and a it's while. It's so nice. It's nice going to a convention that I don't run because Game On I is my least favorite because I say that because I, you know, I'm ringing around putting in fifty thousand steps a day. You know how much time to enjoy it, you know. So uh it's nice to go to a convention, appreciate the behind the scenes of what goes on, you know. Yeah. There's a lot of things that people don't realize, the expenses and all that that go on, you know, behind the closed doors. So I imagine though, like like going to a convention now, now that you actually run one, does does running a convention ruin some enjoyment of the other convention? Like are you always kind of working, picking up ideas? Oh, I could do this, I could do that. Oh sure. Can you ever hundred percent just sit back and enjoy it? Yeah, but then you you like there's things I'm like, oh, that's a really good idea, and then there are parts I'm like, I wonder why they decide to do that. <laughs> you know, like you know, not that I'm like nitpicking, but you know, like oh, that's, that was an interesting 
decision to do that like whether like oh i wonder why they would decide to go with uh wristbands opposed to like lanyards or you know you know obviously it was a cost-cutting thing right but uh it just it depends you know every show is different but i love there hasn't really been a gaming event i've been to that i did not like to be honest i just thought of something kind of random but uh yeah. and you know feel free not to answer but <laughs> is there ever any like animosity between like people that run conventions with each other if like essentially sure. they feel like they're like poaching talent or whatever bringing them to their it's shows a, and stuff it's a fair question for sure right yeah uh, uh-huh. i the, there are certainly within phoenix area mm-hmm. we have like an anime show that's called uh spot and con and it's very anime heavy and like i mentioned game on does have some anime elements and that owner uh does not like game on <laughs> 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 and i don't know why i'm like look there's like I'm, I, I tell him like dude there's like six million people live in phoenix five million people live in phoenix there's enough people to go around like you know, like you can't just he's very territorial when it comes to stuff like that. In terms of gaming conventions, no, I get along with all the I know the other guys who run the, the another good show I want to go to is the Cleveland uh gaming classic. I've heard that's a really good show up in Cleveland. It's a bit uh, in there. Um but uh no, I mean we I message we kind of have a, a group chat on, on Facebook and a lot of the guy, guys who run conventions and we talk and share ideas and we get along. So um good my good friend just bought SoCal Watching Gaming Expo, and I'm all supportive for that. Hope they do well. So, yeah, I went. I went there what three years ago now, four years ago now. That was a good show. So yep. yeah, yep. cool. Mm-hmm. Okay, awesome. Well, one of these years, you guys got to come out to Game On. Yeah, yeah game absolutely. On. I, I had reason to get out to Phoenix. I mean, wanted to go there. I've never been to Phoenix myself, but but yeah, yeah I keep here. I got to come. So that's the reason now. Game On. I'm going to be in the region in March, but I don't know if I'll be at that time. Okay. All right. All right. Well, if you do go in March, we're green on Sunday because it's going to be St. Patrick's Day. So, oh, oh, it's St. Patrick's Day weekend. I didn't even, I didn't oh, even realize yeah. that. I don't, I don't yeah. know. I don't keep track of when that holiday yeah, is. Yeah, I think I'll be there you know. at the end of the month. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Nice. So. Well, well uh, nice. Any, for anyone who's in the Phoenix area, uh, uh, where, what is the location of the expo? And like, uh, yeah, what's, do you have like some, some deals it's, or something? It's at my you parents' house. No, <laughs> <laughs> they just happen to live in a convention center. Yeah. They just happen to live in a convention center. They have a really big basement. We have a great time. Yeah. Uh, no, it's at the Phoenix Convention Center. Uh, GameOnExpo.com. Um, in terms of games, CollectorVision.com. 8-Bit Legit. You know, so uh, I, I wear multiple hats <laughs> in my gaming realm, right? And, and as, um, far as, uh, as far as Dead Tomb, uh, it'll actually be available for Switch when this episode releases on Friday. Yeah. So if you're listening to it right now, bucks, right? you'll be able to play the game. So uh, yeah, and it's four ninety nine, super cheap. So I kind of want to, I always want to try to like, you know, uh, plan it like that for the show where, where we can talk about it. When we're talking about it, yeah. somebody can actually go and get it like right then instead of like, if it's not out and, yet, they'll probably forget about it and not get it, you know? So I always try to plan it with it's releases. It's so. like $400.99, right? No, I'm joking. Yeah, yeah, our yeah. listeners don't remember. <laughs> Almost 500 No, it's not that expensive. No, yeah. Almost five, less than five bucks, right? Yeah. Um, but if you're listening to this you, right now, you can go get it on the eShop and check it out. Yeah, right absolutely. Sure. And if you guys find that mini game, go look for it. It's that mini game within a game. Go hunt it down. Tag us on it, Collector Vision Games. Yeah. Love oh, to yeah. see if you catch or not. Nice. We'll yeah. And it was at Sydney Hunters on there as well. Uh, it's nine ninety nine. So it's a very good, yeah. good, good, uh, good price for games on there. You know, you don't have to. It's not like big full price games, but a lot of content in there for it. So yeah, good stuff to see. I was going to say, is there anything else uh, either of you, uh, did you, do you have any more questions for, uh, 
for John before before we go here? I mean, I, I can probably question just yeah. my brain all day. I just yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's not that's not polite. But just, just uh, thanks for making your videos and you know and, uh, and entertaining us over the years. And also yeah. thanks for the game, though. Yeah, I know. I appreciate it. Look, guys, I appreciate the support. Uh, appreciate you guys having me on your show. Definitely. Uh, and uh, always, always love talking to fellow gamers. Right? <laughs> it's good times. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much for joining us and talking to us and all that. And uh, yeah, uh, everybody who's listening, Dead Tomb, check it out. It's out now. Thanks, guys. Cool. Thank Bye. you. Take care. Thank you, Joe. Take care. Nice to meet you. Meet you. All right. Well, uh, let's take a break then, and we'll come back and we'll talk about the games that we've been playing and whatever news we can get in. Nice. Yeah, you. <laughs> Subscribe to our Patreon to hear our bonus shows, which happen every month. I'm a tired. Tired of all the big corporate podcasts spoon-feeding you the same old video game news on every single show. Ah, spaghetti. Ah, ravioli. Then expand! <laughs> With Nintendo Main Expansion Pack. It's us talking about old games that were important to us. It's us interviewing people that we meet at conventions. And heck, it's live shows from those same conventions. It's basically everything you could want that Nintendo may never made. Here we go! And it's just a buck a month. That's less than a bad indie on the eShop. It's $12 a year, which is less than Nintendo Switch Online. <laughs> Thank you so much for subscribing to our Patreon and supporting Nintendo Main. Just go to patreon.com slash Nintendo Main Podcast and... Hey, Mario, let go! He's throwing us back to the show! So long, gay Bowser! Patreon.com slash Nintendomate Podcast! Game over! thought you know oh, yeah. both of us uh john and i we we got some some things in the mail from jeremy we did i thought maybe we could do like a unison <laughs> 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 <laughs>
opening or one after another. I mean, Jeremy knows what we got, so maybe As of maybe the time we should of this do recording. It's one month after Christmas or Christmas Eve, so you know, better late <laughs> than never. It's fine. Hey, I just the uh, Christmas season goes until January thirty first. I'm really know. bad. I'm really bad at mailing stuff, as y'all will see. But uh, I, uh, yeah, I just like I, I like just my my niece like just got her uh, Christmas gift like two days ago. But I explained it to her. It was because basically I bought her the album, uh, the Vile album from the band that we saw at Reggie's because I oh, thought neat. it was really good. And, you know, she's their age and all that, and I thought she might be into it. But I wanted to buy the record, and the record was, like, super back-ordered, so it didn't come to me until, like, weeks after I ordered it. And I texted her and told her about it, but I finally sent it there. So I was, all, I was, also, yeah, a... I was also late with uh, Christmas stuff. But, yeah, they have a new album coming out, too, because now I'm on the mailing yep. list because I bought it from the record company and all that. So I already. Saw I think that. in March. Yeah, in March, another one. So that's cool. Maybe they'll go on tour March again. Big month. We can go see them because they were cool. But yeah, um, are well, they are they different things or, or are they the same things? Or you you do it, you start it up. I'd Go say you can kind of open them up and kind of pick stuff out, uh, whoever starts. But I will say there's a little card in there. I wrote okay. each of you a little message. Okay. So oh. try not to read it. Set it aside. Do your gifts and then read the card if you can. Do, that. do the gifts and then read the card last. Yes. Is yeah. Because yeah. last time, uh, last time there were little messages in there, and I was like, read it first and. Whatever. When it was when I sent mine in uh, November, but yeah, we can. Uh, should we? We do learn it? from our mistakes on Nintendo. Do you want us to do in unison, or do you want us to do it separately? I'd say both open in unison, and then whoever wants to pull a gift out first. Okay. I think the other person will know what to pull out after that. Are, are they? Are they same? Are they similar though? Are they like the same? They're thing? similar. They're they're variations of the two. Okay. Because these these are actually sent from, like this isn't like a. This isn't like an Amazon thing, like what I did. No, like I put this, this together actually, myself because I saw Jeremy's handwriting on the front here. It's one of the reasons it took so long to to send it because I had actually hazmat surfaces. Look at that. Uh, yeah, I don't know why they put that on there. I see, I see a couple right. things in here. Um, which, which, what should I? Uh, here, I'll just, I'll just pull one and just go with. Pull it. the smallest thing. Yeah, 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 do that. Smallest thing. Okay. Okay, so. I got a little Lego Batman guy. Is it a is little it, minifigure, like a little play set? Yeah, yeah, it looks. Uh, yeah, uh, you got us, John. Got a Sonic, up. Sonic Lego. Hold up, the equivalent things. I got a Lego Sonic Hedgehog. This is uh, Kiki's Coconut, the monkey guy. It looks like I don't know who that is. Kiki's but Coconut. There. Full disclosure: that's the only Sonic one they had. So I was like, well, it's still Sonic at least. This is the I don't know guy. if you know who Kiki is. Four, 40, 40 pieces. Okay. Uh, uh, oh, is he the one that throws the coconuts at you? Throws the coconuts, yep. Okay, I know who he is. Batman standing on a on one of those things. In, in the, Gotham, right. the, the high up corners. Looking at, uh, what's it called? Gotham City's. Evil. <laughs> Thinking about the evil that he's going to smash with his fist. I've got my hands on another small thing inside this package. Which sounds <laughs> uh, nice. Sexual, taken out of context. There, there's Sorry. a, I mean, there's a couple things in here that are not small. I don't think, or maybe they are. I don't know. No, I don't think they are in mine. You should both have a medium-sized rectangle. Because there's like two. There's like two games in here. It looks. Like. For the me I, I felt the medium-sized rectangle. Both, of, both medium you grab the medium-sized rectangle. Is that the one that's that shaped, doesn't sound shaped like a, a robot? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is hilarious. 
All right, so uh, so we both oh, got wow. we both got everybody one two switch, <laughs> one, two, switch. for for nice. Nintendo Switch sealed with that fucking horse guy on the front. Wow, wow. This is I know, Jeremy. This means that you also have the game, and we're going to be playing nope. together. Whoa! Come on. I don't think we, I don't think <laughs> no we can. Way. I was going to say I don't think we can play this online. I don't think it's an online game. No, or is it? I'll try it when I see you guys. It might be. I'll say we gotta tr- we gotta try it at least, Justin. I'll have to try I appreciate it. this. This is a game that I would have never purchased. <laughs> this is hilarious. You, you, as a ever. first party, this was this the was game. Nintendo game. I, I appreciate this. Yes. This is the game that we left out of our uh, top uh, ten games of 2023. We forgot yeah, to mention everyone's actual favorite. Everybody's <laughs> one two switch. This is really my favorite game of the year right here. Look at all these psychotic people on the cover just going nuts over this game. <laughs> wow, that's hilarious. That's I it. think they're all like scared of a horse. I hope you didn't. Like not. I hope you didn't have to spend too much money on this. No, nope. because <laughs> I, I wouldn't. As, want... I, as I recall, I, I had bought them for you already because they were on sale somewhere, and then they got something was posted on the line where it was a deal for the same price somewhere else. And then you said something about it, Trey, and I was like, "Well, I guess maybe I'll get it bought for me too, but we'll see what happens." <laughs> oh, I didn't. I didn't buy you every one. I went to switch. I bought you a game that was. That, so other that, that than the uh, <laughs> other than the uh, card, you got y'all stuff's different now. So okay. that's different. Okay. All right, because uh, there's a. Yeah. Oh my god! Really? Wow. Uh, wait, wait, to, wait to try to force your uh, your likes on your friend here. <laughs> I have a I have Elden Ring on PS4. Oh my god! Do I have to play this game now? And if you ever get a PS5, you'll get it. It'll be for that too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Please>. <laughs> Elden Ring. I guess I have to try it. I'll have to play it on my backbone on my phone and see how it works. No, let's try it on the actual TV. I'll put it next to my Hitman uh, game that I got from John. Actually, it's this, I have a case down there with all my PS4 stuff on it. No, I have. And a, I did. Yeah, I found a good deal on that one too. I have like a, I have like a wallet that's filled with Wii U games and PS4 games. Like the only thing that I have, you know, the only thing that's left that I care about a physical, uh, uh, physical discs are on there. So, there you John, go. you bought you you bought so many games recently that I just I couldn't think of another game you didn't have besides one two switch. So <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Yours is a little different, but it's also me in a way forcing my one of my niche interests onto you. Okay, I've got this thing. Let's see, what is it? We got. Oh, there it is. Oh, that's the not Sonic it. picture. <laughs> that's okay. actually from Trey as well. That's so this, a... yeah, this this Sonic picture is actually from Midwest Gaming Classic. Didn't we get it like two years ago or something? It's twenty eighteen or twenty nineteen. Yeah. yeah, it's a little while. It was a, it was whenever you while. moved, whenever you first got your apartment. Because it was supposed to be a house warming about, about two years ago, yes. Yeah. Thank you for aging it like fine wine. Now it's ready. <laughs> I, w- I, w- I was hoping. Yeah, I was hoping that you would have. It's sent... almost ready to get uh, graded by water. I, yeah, I was hoping that you would have sent the Sonic picture because I was like, I was like, I hope you still have that picture. It was actually like I had a hard time finding an envelope that would fit that in it, but yeah. then, hey, the post office had the envelopes. So it was great. All right, I got one more thing. John, this is what I meant about the niche interest is the one more thing. All right, here it is. Oh wow, that's cool! This is a tiny little Game Boy. It looks even smaller with John holding it. It's like the size of your fingernail. It's a thumb. It's, like, it's yeah. a thummy, and it is it, and it is like the size of a thumb. It's I don't know how you can. It's the size of a thumb tip. It's a it's a playable. Is it two buttons or one? It's it's the Game Boy. It's got all the buttons. So it has two buttons. So it has yeah, two really tiny buttons. Select, but... Yeah. 
No, I mean like on the like the like the red. It's so one small, there. I can't. It's so small, <laughs> I can't see if it has start and select. Actually, it does. <laughs> it does, but I don't. I think they're just like little plastic markings. So there's a lot but of games on it supposedly, but you can also that's awesome your own game I, I don't know so it's it's kind of like Artie boy adjacent but i would thought it was i just thought it was hilarious because yeah, that's really the, cool trey got you the micro uh uh sega master micro genesis fan. so i was, yeah. was sort of like in line with that except for mine so, didn't mine so play cool. games or did, does that play <laughs> does that play games the thummy does right it does it's, got it's a game boy for your barbies it is actually like it is like barbie scale mm-hmm. that's true I so thought your like nephew a, might get a kick out of it too, just because, <laughs> you know, as long as he doesn't. Oh, eat it. holy crap! This this has two player support with the thumbby link cable. You can do two players. <laughs> with this thing. Wow, I want to see cool. how li- that that link cable's got to be tiny. I want to see the connector on that. Well, it's probably like a USB mini, but like smaller than that, right? Or like yeah, even smaller cool. than a light. I'm open this up. Let me read. Let me read the back before I open it up. So it's it's called the thumbby, and it's a fully functional video game keychain. With an OL, uh, with an OLED display, sound effects, six working buttons, and a rechargeable battery. Where are the other buttons? I kind of wonder if buttons. the D-pad isn't considered four. Maybe so. Yeah, uh, two-player support, and it's got retro games including space debris, tennis, and sewer run, like like dinosaur. Oh, not help yeah. Dino run as far as possible while avoiding cacti. And you can download more games or make your own at thummy.us. This is awesome. Thank wow. you. Mm-hmm. Let me crack it open. I really want to, yeah, I want to know. I, I, I want to know the impressions of it next week, of the Thummy. I want to know how anyone would ever film the screen on that thing. Cause it was really hard to get the Art of Boy screen like, to show on TV or on uh, my camera when I filmed it. Yeah, that charges with the mini USB. Okay, I'm going to try to turn it on. Maybe I need tweezers to turn it on. Let's see. <laughs> there it is. Look. You can't exactly see it in focus, it's but it really, is it's really, really tiny. Like seriously, the screen is like smaller than your fingernail. Oh my god! Like if this you can, uh, cool. for obviously for the uh, audio listeners, the screen is like is like I'm seeing you hold it right now. It's like smaller than like your index fingernail. It's like so small. Right, yeah, I'm gonna try to play tennis. Not that this is interesting for the audio listeners, but I don't care. I'm excited about this. You can just, I mean, you can ex- just uh, t- uh, explain it. Did you look tennis, at your so Did you look tennis. at your card in there, John? Did you look at your card? Let's do the card. Yeah, I'm curious about what your card says. I know what mine says. I looked at it. Huh? You weren't supposed to look at it yet. Oh, you said I right. looked at it last. I know. I'm just kidding. That's fine. <laughs> I looked at it last. How can you tell someone not to read something? Like if you just glance at it, you're gonna read it. Well, I looked at it last. You said look at it last, so I looked at it. All right. Ah. Of course. Thank you, nice. Derby. So those are the the those are what the colors were picked out the ones that are highlighted. So I mean I I don't know what yours says. It's very sweet and I and yes of course obviously it says nice. it yeah. says Trey will you be in my wedding as best person and the date and it has a color circle Amen. is that is that like the color that that we're That's wearing the wedding Club. colors uh, just have those colors somewhere in your outfit that you can literally wear whatever you want. Oh, okay. Just those colors sub- represented somewhere is kind of what, like all three, all three of them. Uh, j- no, you don't have to do all three. Okay, just, all right. Those just That's those are, those are like the theme okay. of the the theme colors or whatever. Oh, okay. Yeah, is uh, it, which which I mean, 
which color are you using? Do I need to, should I match your color? I guess we can talk about this at a different time, but right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know yet. Uh, Sean is on the ball about all this stuff. So okay. she's the one who suggested I ask people this way. And it would also be a, a good idea. A double yeah. whammy. Yeah. So we're both, we're both in the wedding party. I take it. Right. Yeah. You didn't say what yours said. Absolutely. Yep. Does it say the same yep. thing? It says, John will you be in my wedding party? Yes. So, nine eight twenty four. That's the date. Nine twenty eight twenty four. Right. I'm oh, sorry. Sorry. Nine nine twenty eight twenty four. Yes. That's sorry. Right. I have dyslexia. Apparently. Okay. Yeah. So end of um. Yeah. So in the fall, end of September. eight months. Pressure. <laughs> no pressure. <Very> cool. <laughs> cool. Thank you so much. And yes, of course. Uh, it's gonna be a good time. We got we're gonna have live bands. Uh, camping, if you want, it's optional. But otherwise, we'll have other. That's cool. I'm in. Excellent. Karaoke. Yeah, it's part of the wedding, right? The mm-hmm. karaoke part is. It's like a, yeah. We talked about it drunkenly when you were here last. And I'll probably figure some sort of video game thing out, but that'll probably be more closer to the date. Or like shit out. bachelor party or whatever. Oh, yeah. Uh, and also, yeah, just off the record, like you don't need to worry about, like I'm going to figure that stuff out. Oh, okay. Kind of like you did, you know? Yeah. That's, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how. Because uh... some people want the responsibility. Like you're taking on a lot of responsibility. Mostly, I just want you up there with me, and yeah, I want my, well, we my could best friends to be there with me. So yeah, I mean, well, we, yeah, just well, you know, we'll talk about in the future, obviously, and let me know. Hell yeah, exactly what I need to do and all that stuff, and we'll do it. Cool. All right. Yeah. Awesome way to start the second half of the show here with a lot of a lot of really gifts cool. and a lot of. Yeah, I was uh, interested if we were with the guest because uh, you know that would have been okay, but. They might no, I that. I didn't want I didn't want to open it with the guest. Might have had to no, I invite do them to my wedding. No, no, no. I, yeah, no. This is yeah. I didn't, that, the entire they, convention. They listen to it. Uh, you can hear us talk about it after. But I did. I did get another gift that was from my future, my previous self to, or my old self to my new self to my now self, my present self. Wow. I have a thing that I got in the mail that I yeah, ordered like, huh? that I ordered back in uh, what month is before September? August. No. This is I ordered this in September actually. <laughs> this is something I ordered in September and I finally got it and it's Amiibo. It's another Amiibo. It just came out I guess this week or last week or whatever. And it, it's hard to you know. It's basically it's the Xenoblade Chronicles three Amiibo of Mio and Noah. Nice. So we got to do our patented opening in front of the microphone and it's actually already partially opened. Patented because nobody else of, does this. I don't think I hope they don't because it, it's bad for your show. Don't do it. Uh, but we do it because we're silly like that. Because I thought it'd be funny to open in things in front of a microphone, but uh, yeah, um, I ordered it from GameStop, so whatever. It was in a you know nobody opened it in the mail. It just they probably opened it before they sent it. Anyway, Neo and, and Noah or Mio and Noah. There they are. They're very small, but uh, yeah, I, I showed this to Jess, and they were like. Uh, Yes, uh, shrinkflation is real. Cause it's it's like, like Little Debbie. Fifty dollars for these tiny, tiny amiibo. They they look great though. They don't have, you know, they amiibo have come so far since the beginning. Oh, they got little X's on the bottom too for Xeno for Xenoblade. No P stands. Really cool. No P stands. Uh, Mio has a little bit of a of like a see through stand on the back of her heel here, but they look awesome. Like they look very very good. Like it's and they got their original weapons. That they start off with, because if you played Xenoblade Chronicles 3, you know their weapons change whenever they change classes. Blah, blah, blah. Xenoblade Chronicles 3 is one of the best games on Switch. Go play it. 
I could I could have I could have just bought that game for you and sent it to you like the Elden Ring one because Xenoblade Three is like my it's like my Elden Ring, so yeah, and yeah Noah's got the big the big sword and all that super super duper cool are those guys and uh, since uh, you're I guess since you're kind of on a time crunch why don't you do the rest of your stuff John in case oh, yeah in case you need to bounce yeah, out you have to go don't I. That's what you sure. said. I mean, you can you know you can change your mind and stay extra. I don't think we'll go that much later, but you know whatever. If you need to dip, dip. But either way, do your stuff next. All right. So um, for my what I've been doing this week, number one, I pre-ordered Hitman Blood Money. So actually, it comes out I, in about I, thirty I minutes told, as I, this time. Oh really? Is it that? Oh yeah. Yep. It's like the twenty fifth or something, right? And it comes like out the twenty fifth. Well, it'll come out. Okay, six a.m. Still a couple hours. Whatever. Comes out tomorrow. But if you're listening to this now, it's already out. Did you um, see? Uh, did you see like official uh, release times or whatever? They're not doing like an eleven o'clock uh, Nintendo release or anything like that. Like, do you know like the actual time that it's coming out? I didn't see that. No. Okay. No. Um, but I will be playing it soon. So that that's awesome, and I look forward to just trying out a, a retro Hitman game. You know, I, I'm, the last one I played before the modern series was Hitman Two. This is 20 years ago, so it'd be cool to just jump in and see, remind myself what it used to be like. And I know that Blood Money was was a pretty well-renowned game at the time, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. I got it for you know five bucks off because it was the pre-sale price. So, oh, so you did you did yeah. go for the discount? I figured I, I figured you yep, would. I figured you would. Like I kind of I figured I had to. Like, I kind of no said it last year. Much about Hitman and not not get that game. But I don't know either of you have interest in Hitman Blood Money. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. You you know, tell us how you feel about it, <laughs> and then we'll see what you play it. It, it okay. got it got a, it got a favorable review from uh, Switch Up. So uh, oh, that's cool. You know, I saw they reviewed it already, and I was like, oh shit, is it? Because I guess I I thought it was the twenty fifth, and I thought twenty fifth was like next week. I didn't realize that today. That's tomorrow. Is, I know. It's like what? Yeah. Anyway, yeah, uh, yeah. I figured you'd get it because you're the you're the resident Hitman fan, and you know. Actually, I've been playing it. Hitman again the last couple of days just to get myself back into it, so I can have a fresh perspective on the differences. So I'm gonna look forward to this game. Um, what else I've been playing this week? I jumped on the NSO uh, and I played Jet Force Gemini because I was just like, I've never played this game and I was curious about it. And and and, 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 and will you ever uh, play it again? Now that you've no. played it, <laughs> no. It's, it's, I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm good, but, it's not good. <laughs> I, I can see at the time it was. I can see how at the time it was. It was probably pretty cool, but it just as a as a, 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 a rudimentary third person action shooting game. Um, it, it might have been forward thinking at the time, but man, it needs some dual stick controls. It just really does. Now, now here's what I here's what I don't understand, and I, and I said this last time. Like this is a post Perfect Dark game. This is a post Golden Eye game, and and those games had like emulated dual stick. I mean, dual stick didn't even exist at that time, but you could do like move with the buttons and aim with the stick. Like you could do that, or as I called it at the time, the Turok way, because Turok was the first one to do that brilliant uh, control scheme. So why I don't understand why they didn't just adapt like the controls of Golden Eye. And Perfect Dark to a third-person game like this. I don't understand why they had to like destroy it and make it whatever it was because it just the controls just don't make any sense. Yeah. 
still the, the dual wielding N64 controllers. That, uh, well, even even with even Goldeneye without did. that, even without that, like why can't you just do what you did in, in Goldeneye, where you can move with the with the C buttons and aim with the stick? Like they are, it's the same company. They already had that in two games, which worked great. So why not have that as an option? That's all I'm asking about from uh, from Jet Force Gemini. I just don't understand. It's a post perfect dark game. They already had that on there. You could have just yep. moved the controls from one to another, and it would have been much more enjoyable for what it is. I will say I thought it looked pretty as an N64 game. It looked, looked like a good, uh, it was a good looking game, but, but man. Yeah, it looks good. Okay. <laughs> Curiosity, you know, satisfied. I've never played this game again. Yeah, huh. it's, a, oh. it's, it's a rough one. Yeah. <laughs> Even aside from that, I mentioned about the, uh, about the uh, padding that's in it and how they like ma- basically like, ma- they, they basically make you think that the game's over and then you have to go through the whole game again after that. And even when in 1999, when I played it, I was like, I'm not doing this shit. And I just like rage quit it and then just never touched it again. So it has its own like uh, story, you know, like gameplay problems aside from the from the uh, awful controls also. So, I mean, you know, glad it's there. Uh, I don't recommend yep. playing it. <laughs> I had to do a palate cleanser. So I played 1080. And man, I love that game. Yeah. The game's still fun to this day. Yeah, that game, that game's still solid. It's still super solid. You still get, you still get a real sense of speed from that game too. It still like, looks really good. Still it. Like it, yeah. it, like it, you know, blew my mind how good it looked when it came out for Nintendo sixty four. And I even remember, like, like was it my sister's husband at the time? Like I rented it and like showed it to him, and he's like, "Oh my god, that's one of the best games I've ever seen!" Like back whenever it came yeah. out, you know, because it just looked so good for the time. It was such a beautiful game, you know. And yeah, it's still it feels it's still fun it to play. Feels great, like like it. It's a, it's amazing how it, it, you're going down the slopes and say like you hit some air and like you're about to, but but if if, if the slope is going down and and you're about to land, about to land, about to land, you just like you can kind of feel like okay, I'm, my board is five inches from the snow. Now it's three inches. Now it's one inch. You can like just feel that somehow the way it's so fine tuned. Um, you, you feel like you have absolute control over this snowboarder guy person and uh it's just a lot of fun so I, it made me miss 1080 and like guys come on bring back 1080 i would what i want to see nintendo do is actually have a a uh a, like a new nintendo extreme sports series like you know I, I i can understand doing a whole snowboarding game or doing a whole bmx game or doing a whole mm-hmm. jet ski game might be a, a little bit of a stretch these days but just do a Nintendo Extreme Sports Series make 1080 uh, Wave Race, uh, Excite, whatever, yeah. all in one game. Just do that. That'd be perfect. I would love it. That would be great. And also, I mean, if you're doing, I, I just want them to re-release a 1080 uh, Avalanche because that game was good for GameCube. I feel like a lot of people didn't play it, but I did. I got it. I got it on the cheap, and I actually really enjoyed it. It had a, some really cool. Uh, the avalanche part was fun too. We have to race against the snow, like trying to kill you and all that. That was a cool, interesting thing that wasn't in any other games at the time. And you could get and you get an NES board that was the NES controller, and whenever you jumped, it That's made, right, it made the Mario noise, which I was like, "Oh wow, this is awesome!" So there was fun, like extra stuff in there. Plus, like the soundtrack was all this like indie bands that I listened to. I think Modest Mouse is on there too. Like it's a bunch of. It was a great game. I mean, maybe they probably can't release it because of the licensed music on there, but. I don't know. Find a find a way. Like just, I don't know. Get all the music, take all the music out, and release it. That would be. I don't know. That would kind of not be as fun. But 
I don't know. I'd love to see. I'd love to see it re-release now that they've re-released so many GameCube games. I'd love to see like, uh, you know, um, like Wave Race, Blue Storm, and 1080 uh, Avalanche would be cool. So the other game that I'm playing this week, besides besides Dead Two, which I was really enjoying, um, is Baba Is You, which I've mentioned before on this show in the past couple of weeks. But I just gotta say, like. It's firmly in my regular rotation now. I, I, I think I crossed 15 hours in this game. Wow. And I know there's, I don't know what the total puzzle count is, but it feels like there's, there's probably going to be over 100 puzzles. And, and there's, you can do your own, you make your own puzzles and play other people's puzzles and all that. And I just, to me, I, I see no end to playing this game. I just think it's fantastic. Uh, I think. Every every puzzle brings in a new and unique novel concept that just like ignites the fire in my brain to want to play this game some more. It's just how it's so simple and 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 uh, creative all at once. Like I feel like by solving the puzzle, not only am I solving the puzzle, I'm just I'm participating in the creativity behind the puzzle in some way. I feel I feel like I creatively accomplished accomplish something when I beat these puzzles. I I think I said it last week, but I, I believe this is one of the best puzzle games that I have ever played. And I'm just really, really enjoying it. Yeah, I can't think of many games that are like it. I, I mean I need to fire it up and play it. It's been years, but I recall maybe a little bit like Scribble Knots, but nothing like Scribble Knots. It's just like same kind of concept of thinking outside the box and using it's words like and the verbs that. and stuff. Yeah, yeah, or the, yeah. I guess nouns and pronouns are in this too. But I think the simplicity of this game, how there's like almost, you know, it's like next to nothing on the screen. The simplicity uh, really lends to it. Really, it really, really helps with with, with the whole concept. Like it, it just it's trimmed away anything um, sort of extraneous and just like. There it is. It's it's just a great puzzle game at its core, designed for you to to tear apart in your own creative way. I just, I, just, I love it. It's a fantastic game. I say all that to try and do my part to get traded, give it a sh- give it a shot in the way that uh, Jeremy has mailed Elden Ring. If I had a physical copy of Baba as you, I would mail it to Trey right now. <laughs> I mean, it's very affordable. I think it goes on sale pretty often. I'll keep I'll keep an eye out for it. Really, really good game. Another one that uh, is great, which is actually uh, there's a free demo for it. You guys could try it. I don't know if you tried it already. The Pedestrian. Have you heard of this game before? I watched a review of it. Uh, Switch Up did a review of it, and I watched I watched that. It's it's uh, really really cool. Yeah, I didn't I didn't hear you, Jeremy. Had you heard of it before? I had not. So essentially, the concept behind this game, it's another platform puzzling game, but it entirely uses signs so like it, it's taking place uh in a some kind of like warehouse and out on the street and like imagine you're on the street and you look at a street sign and you see like a little you know walking guy you know don't don't cross the street or whatever well this guy he can walk from one sign and then he'll when he goes to the end of the sign he'll appear like down the street at the next sign on the next sign so like you skip over these swaths of land and you you, you exist uh, entirely on these signs. 
but the signs can be rearranged. With a button press, you can zoom out and you can rearrange the signs to the character's benefit so that you where he couldn't get somewhere before, but now you've rearranged the signs and you've connected the end of this sign to the beginning of this other sign. And now all of a sudden a new pathway opens up for you to keep proceeding. It's, it's, it's a cool, um, it's a, it's a cool puzzle idea, cool puzzle design, but none of that is just married with uh, incredible art design. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful looking game. It looks Sounds very, like very something I would just like think about while I was standing at a bus stop or something like hundred percent daydreaming. Yeah. It's that kind of thing. It's like, I, mean, I can remember as a kid, like, you know, driving in the sitting in the back seat and like making my my fingers do like a walking motion as like the car is running to make it look oh. like my fingers are running. It's like that kind of yeah. whimsy and creativity, like jumping over the telephone poles and stuff. You got it. Yep. Yeah. It's it's very creative, very fun, um, and just beautifully executed. Executed. My brother in law walked in as I was playing it and just kind of looked. It's one of those games where it just catches your attention and immediately he's like, "Oh, I love the, the design of this." took three seconds for him to say that. And I had the same reaction. You just look at it and it's, wow, this is beautiful. And I understand the concept just by glancing at it. And I want to play it. I'm definitely buying this game. Uh, another one uh, I've been doing this week, again, is more inscription faction. In fact, I could say that I've gotten into it. Nice. I'm, I'm really liking the game. Yeah. Probably done, I want to say, maybe three hours so far. And I think I'm, I'm a little... I'm a little slow at it just because this is not typically my type of genre for me to play card games. You know, I always have to apply myself, make my attention stick to it. But I'm there. Like, I get the game and I feel uh, tempted to play it when I'm not playing it. Uh, and I want more. I'm going to play it through this game to the end. So, let me tell you a few pro tips if you haven't figured it out already. Mm-hmm. Get the statue, like, you know, you get the little totem statues and then you can, like, pick the head. Do the squirrel one. That one will make your life amazing. Do the squirrel. Okay. Because what it does, it makes it to where when you kill your squirrel to, you know, use the use it as a point to place a card, mm. it goes back into your deck. You like goes back into your hand and you can use it again. So it makes so it to where you don't run you don't out of squirrels. To, right. So you don't have to draw the cards as much. You can draw the better cards. Like it's oh, it makes cool. everything a lot easier. And then uh what was the other thing I was gonna say? Oh, it's just going to get a lot easier um, as you create your like custom cards when you fail. It gets easier mm-hmm. because you make more and more powerful cards as you figure out the mechanics. Like you can give like a like the little skull with like the cross through it. That means that card can't die, and it's just like the squirrel statue where you can like make a custom card that hits really hard, and when a monster kills it, it just goes back into your hand. So. Yeah, those kind of things will make the game a lot easier, and then at a certain point, it'll make it like basically impossible to lose. You get OP, and that's when it'll start throwing new things your way. Yeah, that's cool. I really like the—I um, don't want to say flexibility of it, but the, but the way that it it changes. Like when you're doing better, I, I sense that this is actually like another player on the other side of the table who's deciding to amp up his uh, efforts. Yeah, it feels it feels natural in that way. That's another one that I played over at my uh, at my sister's house. My brother in law was totally sold on it. He loves card games, and he's one that uh, I was playing D and D with a couple months back. So it was like right up his alley. And he immediately bought it that night. So he sold another copy through me. You got it. Yeah, 
that's awesome. You got to stick to it because it really the payoff is really good in that game for like sticking to it and trying to like put the story together that exists outside of the game itself, or you know, the yeah, game was, within a game. That was another thing. Like when I played it last night, uh, when I was I had I had it play and then the controller and said, "Here, play this from the start." And I just kind of was sitting there watching them, and it was getting getting a little late, and I was about getting ready to, to, to go. But I was like, I want to sit here until he gets to the part where he gets up from the table. And we got from the table that kind of blew his mind. He was like, that that was cool. That was fucking cool. So the fact that, you know, it always hints that there's something more, there's something just around the corner. It's so well designed in that way. I really like it. Yeah, that's it for me. Well, uh, can I, yeah, can I go next? Just because I got, sure. yeah. I don't have that much to do to say. So, uh, Number one, um, I'm finally released from the uh, hold that the YouTube video has had on me for however many weeks. Uh, my top 10 uh, 2023 uh, games, you can watch it on YouTube now. I, I released it this morning. So go watch it. Give it a look and tell me whatever, however you think about it. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, I finally edited that thing together. It's done. Done for. Now I need Congratulations. to stop being in this room like every night for a week or whatever. How do you so, feel about it? Do you feel like it's... Like, do you feel like your style's different this year than last year, or do you kind of stick to your style? Well, here's the th- I mean, it's just trying to, like, I think I have a much better system for doing it now, because now basically what I do, what I, what I did while I was doing this is I basically, I'll write, I'll, like, basically write the script, and I kind of did this last year, too. I write the script for, like, whatever I'm going to say for each game. I write that out, and then I read through it a couple times, and I'll alter it, you know, to where I think it sounds the best. And then I'll record that, and then I'll basically place the the footage together around the script that I read already. And that makes it much easier to edit it. So that's basically been my process. So the only thing is trying to, you know, make sure that you have the stuff that you're talking about, but it's also good to like watch what you do have recorded. So then you can talk about the things that you have recorded and all that, and then kind of piece it together. One, one crazy thing that I actually didn't know about until just now, uh, I, I order, I, I edit with iMovie. I know iMovie is whatever it's came free with my computer. So I use it because I don't want to pay like $200 for that. I know editing programs are expensive. So they, whenever you edit with audio and picture, uh, there's like two tracks. So the first track, the audio automatically attaches to the picture. So if you want to rearrange the pictures, the audio will move with the picture, which is incredibly annoying. I finally realized that if you put it on the second track, it won't do that. It'll actually stay in one place, and you can move the move the picture around, and the audio won't move. So that was a huge uh, benefit that I re- that I learned while editing this this uh, particular. That's video. the way it is in Wondershare too, and I was yeah. like, it's really this it's really, isn't what they want you to do. Yeah, it's really annoying. It well, especially like for me when you like have like these second long clips that you want to like put in a certain yeah. order or whatever, and it attaches to one, and then you have to like rearrange everything again. Like so, I was just what I was doing is I was like attaching it to one longer thing that i won't use and then i'll like pull it back into everything after i rearrange it but yeah once i realize you just put on the second track then you can just build it around it and then i pull it up and then i attach it to the video because then i put us because i got to put a song on it also under that and i thought i did some cool stuff like uh like when i did the dragon quest one like i use like it starts off you know i always do like i'll, I'll do like a, a little cutscene at the beginning and a cutscene in the middle and a cutscene at the end is what i try to do like without me talking on it so the beginning cutscene, it has this music, and basically I edited the music into it that continues through the rest of the of that segment to to sync up with that initial music that you saw in the cutscene. So it kind of goes seamlessly through the whole thing. I did the same thing for uh, 
Octopath Traveler too, and I thought they both came out pretty good. But that, but yeah, just stuff like that. I'm still, you know, I don't do video editing that much, so I'm still just fucking around with it. But I do want to, I do want to try to do more video stuff this year. Like, want to try to do like, you know, like showcase slash review videos. I don't like doing reviews at all. That's why I'm not doing them anymore because I hate them. But uh, <laughs> but I would like, but I like doing, you know, I don't mind doing stuff like the like the top 10 video where I could just say a couple things about the game and show some things that I like and then move on. You know, I don't like doing like number systems and stuff like that and having a specific, like whatever. Um, I don't don't like to have a specific formula, that sort of thing. I don't like it because of the implications it is for other games. Cause if you start having like a score system for yourself, then you're straight up saying some games are better than others. It's not always like that with personal preference. Yeah. Well, and also it's kind of, I mean, I guess I've kind of doomed myself for having this podcast and all that, but you know, you don't want every game to be like something that you have to make a project out of, I guess, but that's Mm -hmm. just kind of my destiny because of this podcast. Now every game that you play has to be part of the podcast or whatever, but it's, but you know, it's like, it's harder to, you know, cause you're, you know, especially when you're writing stuff for a website or whatever, you know, you're under a certain time crunch and you have to write, you have to play one game for reviews. And what, what I found out, what I found myself doing is all I was doing was playing review games and I'm not playing any games for fun, you know? So I'm just kind of like, this is kind of just destroying my whole love of the hobby oh, and all that. Yeah. It's just that I don't want to, you know, I never really wanted to do it as something that I had to make money for. I wanted it to be this other thing that helps me like, you know, just, just escape to a different world and not think about myself as much as I can, that sort of thing. So uh, that's, uh, you know, that's the idea there. But no, I, yeah, I finally finished the YouTube video. I think it came out really well. Uh, it was one of my favorites. I thought my delivery was pretty good. I don't know. I don't want to, whatever. Watch it, don't watch it. I don't care. But uh, <laughs> it's, uh, I think it's cool. Uh, thanks to all the people who commented on it already and all that stuff. I think it got a little bit more traction than it normally does. But I'm finally done with it so I can finally play other games. And uh, I was really excited I was really excited to uh, talk about a game in particular this week because, uh, you know, last week I was like really, uh, ha- really like big on uh, Prince of Persia, The Lost Crown, mm-hmm. and I fucking loved it for a good six hours. And I was really excited to talk about it this week, and I'm going to talk about it. But uh, I had a I had a trouble. Something happened. I, I had an issue. Something happened. So basically uh, yesterday, was it yesterday? I don't know. Everything's blurred together. I think it was yesterday. I had just edited like the number three or no, it was number four. No, I had just done the vampire survivor segment, you know, and mm-hmm. I was doing it and Jess was, you know, it was at five o'clock. I thought Jess was going to be off work. So I went upstairs. And I was like, Hey, what's up? And they needed to like work later. So I was like, all right, well, I'll like, well, I, I was like, well, I can do another, I can do another game or I can just like chill out. And I was like, well, I'll just chill out and I'll just play Prince of Persia, you know, because I've been loving it for the past, like however many days. So I play it. Um, I met this, I met this segment of the game where there's the, do you remember what were the robot guys called from Metroid Dread that are in that were in there? I totally forgot what they're called. You have an amiibo of them right behind you, Emmy. Jeremy. You can just turn around Emmy. and look at it. What? Emmy. 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 Like Emmy. like the award. E M M I. Okay. E M M I. All right. Instead of Y. So uh, so yeah, there's I'm in this prison area. There's a guy that's basically like an Emmy that you can't kill, uh, but you can dodge, and he has this big like hook that he'll like grab you and throw you into a prison. And this is where I'm at. You know, I've, I've, I've gone through the level a couple times. Like, I was starting to progress through it. I'd find extra stuff. This fucking guard guy shows up again. And I'm like, fuck. And he kills me. And I'm like, all right, fine. You know, then I start back at the save point. I go through it again. Uh, and it's to the same spot. And the dude 
the the prison guy shows up and i'm like i'm gonna get away from this time and he grabs me with the hook and when when he grabs you with the hook he throws you into a jail cell and you go back to the prison area and then you got to go back to where you are so he grabs me with the hook and when he grabs me with the hook the whole screen turns blue except for the main character jargon or whatever his name sargon no not jargon sargon uh and every turn the third turns blue and i was like okay well there's some something's fucked up there and then when i show up in the prison there's like parts of the environment missing. Like you can tell that there's shit fucked up and I recorded some of it and I put it on Twitter. Uh, but it's automatically, I press my select button. I can't go to the map screen and I'm like, all right, something's screwed up. Uh, they have these little, uh, hooks on the wall that you can grab onto. You can't grab onto those anymore. Uh, you just slide off of them. And if you walk all the way to the end of a wall, you can see through a wall into the other room. So it's like, obviously everything's all screwed up. There's pieces missing. There's kind of like, uh, there's like low texture, like um, platforms just kind of floating in the middle of everywhere. I'm like, all right, I fucked up this game and somehow, and I'm like, oh, this is funny. You know, it's a glitch. I'll, I'll record it, you know, and then like reset it and it'll be fine. So, uh, so I just, you know, I, I press, I, I go to quit the game. I, I do the menu and all that. And actually one of the brilliant things about this game, there's a lot of brilliant things about this game. This game is actually really, really good, which makes me so sad that I ran into this fucking bug because I was like, this game is like Metroid Dread level, maybe even better. I would say, like just how by how insane the combat is, and the and the bosses, and the and like the depth to the combat, and just it's ridiculous. So when you go to the menu, uh, when you say quit, it'll tell you how many minutes it's been since you saved last, which is a, which every game should do that also, just to let you know like how much you're gonna lose or whatever. It'll be like if you quit now, last time you saved was like eight minutes ago or seven minutes ago. And I was like, well, you know, it's like seven minutes. I can't open any doors right now because I'm stuck in this uh, fucked up glitch world or whatever. So I can't go back to the save. So I'm like, I'm just going to turn it off and start. So I quit. I quit to the main menu. And the main menu looked fine. I was like, well, let's try reloading and see what that happens. When I reloaded it, it hard crashes. It like kicks me completely out of game. So I get kicked out of the game and I'm like, well, fuck. Okay. So I turn the game on. And then it starts updating. I don't know if this update has anything to do with it. But there was an update on there. The game updates. And then I go to the main screen and I click to load my load my thing. And it just stays on the load screen forever. It just never loads. It just shows the little Prince guy running in the corner. I haven't timed it out, but I've waited for a good like hour and nothing's happened. Wow. But if you the main thing uh, which made me think that things are fucked up is... Uh, is is the save file is ch- is different now. Now it looks completely bugged. Like it looks like my save was like completely bricked. Because normally the save will say like, you know, cuz there's different worlds in it, much like Metroid, you know, like different areas are called different things. And it'll say like this is where you are, this is your clo- location, this is your percentage. And if you look at it now, it says exclamation point location location. So it's already like it looks like it's like, you know, fucked. And if you look at the time that I played, it says that the last time that I played the game was in the year 2323. So uh, <laughs> there's obviously the an issue right, here. Man. Yeah, it says that I played in uh, September of 2323. So, yes, it, it's like three days before Jeremy's birthday in, in 300 years from now <laughs> at, fi- at six in the morning. <laughs> So and it when said the switch two finally comes out. Yeah, and it said that I've only played for thirty one minutes. It said that I played for thirty three, thirty like thirty three percentage or whatever. Obviously, it's fucked. So like I, so I can't load my game anymore. I lost like six hours worth of play time on Prince of Persia, which sucks because I was having such a great time with it. And there was this crazy boss that I played like over the weekend uh, when I was on a job, and it was 
it was like one it was like a full screen filling boss and they have like the you know they have the parry uh they they have like the parry cut scenes like you would see in uh, Metroid Dread, you know, where you like block the guy and you do the move and all that stuff. And it was this insane boss that I spent so much time on. I recorded the end of it and put it on Twitter and all that. And I was like, yeah, I finally beat it. And I was having so much fun with this game. And then now I just now I have to like start over again. Now I guess. And uh, I did you get a screenshot and all that stuff. I screenshot about it. I screenshotted it. I even like because Ubisoft actually lets you uh, cloud save your saves. So I sent my save to the cloud, so maybe they can look at it. I guess because I thought about, I thought about, I was like, can I like delete all my stuff and then, and then put my Nintendo cloud save on there? But I think it cloud saves automatically after every time you save, so I think it'll have the fucked up save on there. But I put it on Twitter. I call, I actually tagged Ubisoft on it. Uh, I posted on La- on Laser Time, which uh, the Laser Time uh, Facebook group basically is about a. Uh, you know, for laser time shows like Video Game Apocalypse and Thirty Twenty Ten and stuff like that, uh, Michael Raparis from Video Game Apocalypse actually works for Ubisoft. So I was actually throwing out a, just trying to get a message to to Michael specifically to see if uh, if there's a way that I can talk to. I don't know, can I send this to Ubisoft or something? Because this game's only like a week old. I think they should know that there's a fucking game breaking bug in the Switch version that's going to completely like brick your save. You know, so. I'm gonna try to do everything I can to get the word out there, and I'm gonna advert, you know, advertise this episode as like, you know, obviously the the, the Dead Tomb interview, but also the the bug, the bug of Prince of Persia, which really kills me because, like I said, this game is a fucking game of the year game. Like this game is great. Like you know, it's yeah. totally worth the full fifty dollars or whatever. It should be sold for seventy or something. Like it's this is like next level two D Metroidvania, whatever. It's really fucking good. So it just made me so sad. That, that all I wanted to do was play this stupid game when I got done with my stupid YouTube video and then I got and then I got my fucking save fucked and now I have to start from the beginning again it's like just it just broke my heart really I didn't know what to do with myself anymore I'm like I have nothing to look forward to anymore now that now the prince of Persia like died know, especially since you don't <laughs> know like if they release a patch if you're gonna if it's gonna fix your save file it does well, yeah, right. and, I, and I even said it on the Laser Time post, and I and I and it's gaining traction. Like I got a bunch of likes from you know you know uh, uh, Mike's Mike's on there from uh, games my mom found, and other people that I've talked to that are on Laser Time. Like a lot of people, have, you know, try to like you know get it to keep showing up. So hopefully the people from Video Game Apocalypse will see it. But it's like, uh, yeah, it's just I'm afraid of like I want to start another game, but but what if it happens again six hours later? Like that's going to be even more exactly, depressing. Yeah. Like what if I run in the same in the same fucking bug? And I didn't do I anything weird. Like all I did was get caught by the fucking prison guard dude. And I and I looked up online and tried to find it. I saw there was a glitch, which I actually ran into that too. There's a glitch with this uh, moon guy. You talk to this guy who's like collecting the moon or whatever, and he wants you to like get pieces of the moon to bring it back. And after you talk to him and you try to leave, like the the camera won't fall won't follow the main character. And I thought that was really weird. So I just walked until I left the room and then it was fine. And this was, and this was a different playtime, you know, but I saw that glitch on there, but I didn't see the glitch about the, about the prison, prison guard. So I don't know, maybe I can like email Ubisoft directly or something, but I'm going to try to, I got to get the word out on this. Cause like I said, it's a, it's a pretty new game and it's a really good game. And it's a shame that, you know, if people have to run into this because it really was a bummer, you know. Maybe you found a uh, glitch that could be exploited for speedrunners in the future somehow. A glitch that will ruin the game for you. <laughs> to, like I said, I couldn't progress. I couldn't go through doors anymore. So it, it kind of it, it definitely halted my progress. Like even with the messed up world and all that. And yeah, it was. 
It's I like, would say what you what you show as what it says looks like a bug report. Yeah, right. It, it looks. So it, I wonder if your file name is a bug report to them. Yeah, I don't know, but I would. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, it's like, do I have to start over again? Do I have to like try to get the save fixed? It kind of reminded me of what you were talking about with uh, when you played Sifu, when Jeremy played Sifu. Yeah, uh, where you kind of like where where it was like happening to you over and over again, and I'm just kind of I just can't do anything. Like I try to load it and it won't load, and I tried like copying it to a different file and, and tried loading it and it still won't load. And it's like I'm like ah, I guess I just I think I might have figured the beginning that again. Out. Anyway, I don't think that was a bug, or if it was, there's no way for me to go back and look. But you go into a room that's like pitch black and you have to like walk straight forward, and then eventually you'll like see a light that you walk towards and. I had the brightness turned down too much, I guess, for the main menu. So I, it was just a black screen, but I could hear audio. And I thought I was stuck, but I wasn't. Oh, okay. So you weren't actually stuck? Nope. Oh, well. <laughs> I guess it's not like what you had then. But no, yeah, like I said, this this game is like, it's an incredible game right off the bat. And it just sucks that it, that it, just, it just died on me. Because I wanted to just do nothing but sing the praises of the game. But now I'm just kind of like, like eh, now I'm just sad. <laughs> so, yeah, I'd, I'd be discouraged from ever playing it a, again. You know, the, the, when you put so many hours into a game, and then all of a sudden something screws up and it's just gone. As good as the game is, just like I don't know if I really want to yeah. start it up anymore. I mean, it's not like it wasn't fun to get through all that stuff. I just, I mean, I could do it again. Right. I just and I does can, it let you do multiple save files? Like no, damn. And it and it auto saves like crazy. Like it, like there's no tomorrow. So I kind of like got auto saved into this whatever this is, you know? So, and I didn't even say, it even said that I would have lost like the 10 minutes when it was, like I said, on the menu, it said like, oh yeah, you'll, you'll lose eight minutes. And I'm like, well, fine. That'll be, that'll take me back to the whack, whack tree I was at or whatever, you know, no big deal. But it back didn't, whack even, whack. it didn't even do that. That's what it's called. is the whack, whack tree. <laughs> the thing that you save at, but, whack uh, but yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's annoying. It's a good game, but yeah, hopefully it doesn't, anybody who got it, hopefully it doesn't, you don't run into this because, it's a major bummer. But if you do, let us know so we can. Yeah, if you if you do, like, yeah, yeah, totally, let us know so we can you push might, more. Of you it. might have a little uh, daisy chain you can hop on and get yeah. your bug. Yeah, but I, I definitely want to. Yeah, I definitely want to get the get the word out there to people about it. Specifically, Ubisoft, I'm coming for you. It's too bad because this game was made by the same people who did like the Rayman series and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, it's very, very good. Like, it's a very good game, and uh, it just sucks that there's they're this, definitely a triple A studio. Yeah. You can tell this, yeah. You can tell the game is like done really, really well. Triple A, whatever, whatever you want to call it. They don't have triple A management. But yeah, but A's but bummer that. on the. Uh, I mean, maybe nobody. I mean, maybe because I got caught like three times or whatever by the prison guard. Like maybe that's what I, I don't know what it is, but it sucks that it happened. But yeah, that's uh, that's that. That's what I get. That's my uh, downer stuff there. <laughs> All right, Jeremy, what have you been doing? So we can wrap it up. Yeah, yeah. So uh, let's start out with Switch. I uh, played a little bit of the Prince of Persia demo, but I didn't get too far in it. I, I like it okay. I just, I'm distracted right now. And here in Trey's experience, I'm kind of happy. Uh, yeah. Well, don't, don't to listen out. to my, I, hopefully mine's just like one one in a one in a million or something. I don't know. Hopefully that doesn't happen to other people. Because like I was saying. I mean, I'm going to be buying a lot less games at full price because I got sure. some big expenses coming up the next. Yeah half a year i mean it's it's an ubisoft game it's going to go on sale and when it goes on mm-hmm. sale buy it because it's like i said we all love metroid dread this is prince of dread is what this game is so mm-hmm. and you know it's it's fucking great it's it's very good 
Like you can tell that it has a lot of Metroid Dread influence in there. People, a lot of people are saying Ori and the Blind Forest as well, which I haven't played those games, but I know John has. Right. But it's also like, but it, but it's also it's in its own. It's actually doing more than those games did as well. Like it's not like it's not necessarily a callback. I think it's actually like a, a, a like revolution of of two D Metroidvania games and all that. I think it's very very good. I don't know. Listen to that the latest video game apocalypse. Yeah, I agree with the uh, loved it. Having the screenshots to like remind you where to go is such a good idea. I wish Castlevania games did that on the Game Boy. You know. Yeah, this the screenshot thing is brilliant, and and just like the the complexity of the combat, like us. There's like a tutorial that you don't have to do, but you should do it. Like where this guy mm-hmm. will teach you all these different ways that you can chain combos. And it very much, it feels like a fucking fighting game. It feels like Mortal Kombat with like the way you can change like juggles and attacks and all that. And it's insane. It's like, a, yeah, it's, it's like a two, it's like, what if, what if Street Fighter was a Metroidvania or whatever? Like it's, and I'm very into that. I think that's very cool. Or like, uh, what if Devil May Cry was 2D or whatever? Or Bayonetta, even like those, like those sort of games, but as a Metroidvania, like with, like with the complexity of the combat. But enough. Yeah, I was like, I was liking like sliding under enemies' legs and stuff. That was fun. Yeah, I did a whole boss like that, where it's a lot of sliding. I was sliding like crazy. <laughs> you can tell it's definitely meant to be used a lot. It's kind of the dodge mechanic, but yeah, I could see getting into it eventually. I think I probably will end up playing this because Metroidvanias are up there, my favorite genres. Dodge, dodge and uh, parry. And dodging and parrying, you know. Dodging and parrying. Hades, Hades made me love that shit. No, that's what you, that's what it's all about. I mean, I guess that's a kind of the Dark Souls thing too, right? Dodge and parry. Yeah, like you do a lot, a lot of that. Although I don't parry a lot. To be honest, I've never been much of a parrier. You have to. You have to. In words. Well, it's it's it, like I said. It's like it's like Metroid. Like you, if you you just you kind of like make it harder if you don't do it because you can See, get, you get me these big attacks. Yeah, about parrying, but I need to go back to that. Um. Oh yeah, I just mention, I'll just mention that briefly. I played to I got pretty far. I'm trying to remember who I was fighting. I was fighting someone that had a big chain weapon. She was like an old lady with the chain weapon. Um, that's how far I got on easy before I died. Yeah, Sifu. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's pretty hard, boss. Yeah, she's cool. She kicked my ass even on easy mode cuz I was up to like 71 years old by the time I got to her. <laughs> She's the she's like the one armed lady. She's got the chain, and then she like yep. kicks the chain at you. Yep. And she just like yeah, it's cool, boss. She always stays far away, and as you try to like close the gap, it's really hard to dodge the. I forget attacks. what the trick is to that boss. But I remember thinking, "Oh, I can't do this. I can't do this." And then I figure out the trick, and that then you can do it. Yep. Still a cool game. I like it. I, I plan on put some more time into it. But uh, I did play some more EW because last week we played. Yeah. I guess it was the week before we played online, right? We played last, last week. week. It was last week. It was last week. Last Wednesday. Yeah, time is a construct. You get to uh, see. Uh, you get to see um, the <laughs> all, all of the glitches. Yeah, but I had. I mean, I had a great time, and um, it, yeah, so it's I a, wanted. To... It's a shame we didn't make it. Th- we didn't actually make it through any matches. I mean, I guess we did. We did uh, Stadium Stampede, but the big thing is I wanted to start career mode just so I could get a little better at it, and obviously, it's going to hold my hand more than playing online. So. I'm getting it a little better. I mean, the tutorials and stuff help. It is throwing a lot at you all at once, but it does. Yeah, uh, I'll just have to practice. But I did, you know, get to finally create my character, which I put in the Slack. I put a picture of it. Oh, I did. I tried to make myself as well as I could, and I'll show the listeners. Let's see. Oh, I can't. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, I I can see. Yep. I've seen so many. There you go. uh... It's, It's in the ballpark. 
I've seen like so many creator wrestlers because I'm on a AEW group where the people do a bunch of them where they kind of like I said, there's, there's, there's only like five faces that are in there, but this actually looks, this actually looks pretty good. You're, That's you're, pretty you're, good. Yeah, you're so upset. Your, your, your character, your character is so is so. It's mad. hard to make <laughs> a character happy in this. It would seem. But my yeah. name's Jer Fighty Man. I wanted people to be intimidated <laughs> by me, like they know when I'm when I show up that they're gonna probably have to fight because that's what I do. So I just I wanted that to be clear, you know, by my name. And I do uh, I do carry a, an American flag in with me. I oh yeah, you, you, you can do props and yeah, you can do props and stuff too, or you can. You can set up like you, you can do like I, stuff behind. I think you it's too. somebody else's entrance that you run in with like an American flag, but I I stole it. That's what I do. Stole it from Hacksaw Jim Dugan. I mean, he's the only yeah. one that I knew of that was the big American flag guy. Kind of runs with like you know, yeah, not really a cape, more like a paraglider behind. behind. Oh well, I mean that's like uh, a lot of the Mexican wrestlers do that. Like the well, uh, I know, you know what I think. I think it was a uh, one of the Luchadors' entrances, and then it lets you choose the flag. Thunder Rosa, Thunder Rosa would do that. She'd come in with the with the Mexican flag, like as a like like kind of like a like a, a cape almost, or like or mm. like a wings. Yeah, I'm thinking like a, the paraglider. Yeah, kinda, like, Ooh, yeah, yeah. It reminds me. Well, there, there was that Lucha Libre Pokemon that looked like that. That had like the which is probably yeah pulling it just from the Lucha Libre and all that. How Lucha is what it's called. That's one of my favorite Pokemon. But yeah. So uh, yeah, I f- I played the first battle royale. I actually managed to. I think I threw three or four people out. But I still ended up losing, and I mean, I lost bad once my uh, meter went down. But it was fun, and then of course, you know, I uh, got to the spot where I get a, I have to train, and I train too hard, and I hurt myself, and then I had to go. Yeah, you to gotta, the hospital. Oh shit! <laughs> well, yeah, you got to make sure that you have your energy, or it'll it'll. Well, you saw that it'll show you like the percentage, like yeah. how like, and if you you want to like eat before you go there, and make sure that your ba- that your energy is up higher, because then you have a really low percentage of getting hurt like mm-hmm. I, I was actually playing i was playing a little bit because i wanted to record some of the story stuff for the for the video and i was it was like my second time through and uh, i got injured in a match which has never happened like where i'm actually out for multiple weeks or whatever and sting is like my my sting is my like a uh, tag team partner because they let you pick whoever you want and i pick sting because you know sting's a legend and all that and he's such an asshole in the game. Like he's just like making fun of me for getting hit and all that. And I'm like, Sting isn't like this. Like Sting is not a dick like this. Why did you write him like this? I don't know. Some some of the representations of the characters in the story are funny. Like I'm like I'm like I don't think Sting would ever be like it would be like haha you're you you're you know you you got hurt like fuck you like I don't think he would be like he is in this game. But whatever. <laughs> Sting just has you know implements tough love. Yeah, <laughs> I guess That's I guess so. Is that what Darby has to deal with with him? <laughs> But anyway, yeah, I, I mean, I love how the game looks and, and it's so flashy. <laughs> it just got like all the videos and stuff in it. Um, I didn't watch all the intro part, but they really, you could tell they put a lot of work into the presentation. So that's cool. Um, but yeah, other, other than that, like the only thing I have to talk about is. And you got the, uh, you got the, you got the Royal Rumble also, right? Yes. Because I forgot, well, or whatever they call it. Uh, but yeah, it has the, uh, I don't know, I guess it'd be the Casino Battle Royale on that. That's what it was. It was Battle Royale. But that's how the game starts. And mm-hmm. I guess what's cool about the single player mode. You got a call from uh, Tony Khan. Tony Khan, yeah, yeah. directly. Yeah, yeah, the, the owner, Tony Khan, which I think He's that's so funny. He's so polite. You're, you're, at, you're at like a, you're at like a, um, uh, at a gym. And he like calls you mm-hmm. while you're while you're working out. He's like, "Oh, you gotta come to AW." But uh, yeah, it starts off with the battle royale. And uh, the cool thing about the single player is it actually has there's different like ways there's different ways the story can go. So it's kind of like 
it's kind of like an FMB, but within the story mode. So depending on whether you win the Battle Royale or not, it can go in different ways. And it'll actually kind of show you a breakdown where there's like four or five different outcomes that can come from each one. So you can go to different things. And there's still a couple hidden characters that I never unlocked because I had to get to those specific like ways of the story. But yeah, if you wanted to go through it multiple times, you could see a different story every time. That, that sort of thing. So that's cool. Yeah, it's neat. And uh, yeah, thanks again, Trey, for getting that for me and uh, kind of uh, nudging me to play it because the more I play it, the more I like it. Um, but yeah, other than that, Baldur's Gate 3, I think I'm in the second act finally, um, and I'm on like level seven. And I, I've gotten to where, you know, I'll still lose like battles sometimes in the field, but most of the time when I run into an enemy, like a, a group of enemies, I'm pretty good at obliterating them. Just got a lot better at like, putting the right armor and the right spells on everybody and stuff. So yeah, just figure the game out better, but I'm in the shadow lands and they're pretty cool. Like, uh, basically you have to carry this torch around with you or the shadows will kill you. So that's probably like uh, what's that game? Uh, Metroid prime two. I heard that was sort of like that. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, yeah, yeah. Metroid prime two. It's was like, if you weren't in the bubbles, you would lose you would lose life. Yeah. It's kind of weird. This is a little more extreme. Like there's literally like shadow beasts that consume you. If you kind of like a eco Remember that game that they had the shadow beasts oh, yeah. you had to fight. And when the shadow beasts show up, they'll like, uh, they'll usually have other, uh, different like classes and different like race characters with them, but they like, you know, they like possessing them. So you're kind of basically killing a lot of good people because you got to kill the shadows and, also, I just I keep accidentally killing characters that progress a lot of the side stories, and then it'll just be like in my journal, it'll be like, "You killed that person, so now, you know, like there was someone who wanted a reward, and it was actually a pretty hard quest where I had to go and like kill somebody, and then bring their head back to the other guy. But by the time I got the head, I'd already killed the other guy because somebody else asked me to kill him, but then I accidentally killed the guy that asked me to kill him. <laughs> And then I had to kill everybody that lived in the village, and it was just a whole thing. So, I mean, I, I'm still, like, I don't think I'm lawful good. I think I'm chaotic good is probably what they would say about me and uh, as far as my character goes. But, yeah, I figured out, like, respecking is a lot easier than I thought it was going to be, and I changed my character to a bard, and I liked the bard a lot better. I thought you always were a bard. I thought you always were a bard. Well, I was a bard in my first playthrough, and then my second playthrough, I accidentally selected rogue, and I didn't. Like I, I guess oh, I oh, go and, oh, yeah, because you started it again, because yeah. you, yeah, because you had not played it for so long. Yeah. yeah, and I'm glad I did because I just I understand it so much better now. Um, but yeah, there's a spell called mis misstep, and most of my characters have it now, so it just basically turns the battles into like lots of pushing and lots of backstabbing and and lots of uh, getting out of the way because when you like walk away from an enemy or you walk by them on the field, they get an opportunity attack. And uh, when you use this, they don't get that. So that's really cool. It just, I don't know. It just, it really helps you skip a lot of damage and gives you a lot more freedom of how to approach the game. So it just keeps getting better. I keep getting stronger and the story just keeps opening more and more. And um, people like in the beginning, that seemed really scary to me. Now I'm like, they're sending me on quests to kill people that scare them, and it's just it's changing. So, great game. Um, one thing I really love about it is like 
a lot of games have you know lore in the world i hear skyrim and some other games fallout are like that and then also just like a lot of environmental storytelling but between like the books you find lying around and the journal entries and stuff uh i just really love how it gives life to the world and they did a really good job with making it feel like you're you know you're definitely still having to use your imagination but they do a good job with the, the the set dressing to to fit all the stories and stuff. So, really cool game. Um, makes me want to. I think I said it a few times now. It makes me really want to just jump into an actual D and D campaign and start throwing my dice. Yeah, it's a great game. Uh, can't recommend it enough if you're able to play it. And hopefully someday it'll be on the Switch. I, I have a feeling it will be eventually. Not this Switch. Switch too, maybe. They're gonna. This is just this is like just one of those games that we're going to be seeing a lot in the future, I think, because of how good it is. So yeah. I've got to give it a more uh, honest effort. You know, I, I, I got to like find a, an afternoon when I sit in front of my computer and and, and really give it a go. I just I find that like because it's on the computer, I find it a little mm-hmm. discouraging. Like I, I work at my computer all day and then I want to go sit and relax on the couch. Um, I was trying to get to work on on the Steam, well, uh, streaming it to my Apple TV, but it didn't work. So I don't know. I just got to find a day when when I haven't been on the computer all day, and then bringing the computer out in the living room and I've relax been... and play Baldur's Gate three. I mean, you have a you have a laptop. You could play it. I do. You can play it on the couch. You know, with your laptop. Yeah, I can play it on on the couch. It's just like. Still looking at the computer all day, and then now I want to relax. I'm still looking at the computer. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say the game, benefits, like, the game benefits greatly from a big screen. I mean, obviously, if you've got a yeah. high enough res monitor, I guess that could counteract it. But there's a lot of really small details in the world, especially like items you can pick up and stuff that might, you know, they're to scale of what they would actually be. So sometimes there'll be a potion just lying in the middle of the floor, and you're not going to notice it if you're like a, on a smaller screen, probably. I just, yeah. I mean, I keep going into areas I've been in multiple times and finding like new stuff. So, and it's that's one cool thing about the game too, because yeah, it, it it's not a Metroidvania, but you do go back to old areas and you can access more. And in that way, I guess it has some things in common. So you might see something and you can't get it, and then later on you go back and get it. And usually, it's not that cool because you're too you're a lot power, more powerful by then. Like I said, I'm level seven, but levels mean a lot in this game like you don't level up very often but each time you do it it's a huge boost to your character and you get some really good stuff that's definitely how uh D was and definitely most tabletop games like you don't you don't level up like you would like in a mm-hmm. console rpg like it's not like you fought a yeah, boss no and, you get, and you get like two levels or something like that it's like when i played uh when i played star wars uh role-playing i think i leveled up like maybe once like in like the months that we played or whatever. So it wasn't really, you know, it wasn't really an often thing. Everything you kill stays dead. And uh, so there's no grinding. And uh, there's just a finite amount of resources. But one thing you can do is just loot the shit out of everything and, you know, store it in your chest at camp and then sell it. Every time I meet a new merchant, I usually can get at least one or two of the really good things they sell by emptying out my treasure chest and getting rid of all the crap that I don't need anymore. Even just like Random items, you know, nothing's less than one piece of gold when you sell it. So even just like a, a plate, like pick up the plate, you know, 
gold goes a long way in this game. I've I finally ran into things that are like cost thousands of gold, and that sucks. But it only makes me think that I'm probably going to get access to more soon. I would hope. But it's really cool equipment that I want to wear. Yeah, great game. Uh, it doesn't have much in common with Elden Ring, but it does at the same time. That lore, that story, that environmental storytelling, and that uh, and just the pers- sort of persistent world is really nice. I don't know. There's not really much of a persistent world, honestly, in Elden Ring, other than like kind of the gates that you go through. But still, I gotta say, this game's great. The end. All right. Well, uh, I think that's good for our for our podcast here. We can skip the new stuff, really, because we're already like two and a half hours. Done. I don't want a three hour long podcast. So um, we could save that for next week or something. But yeah, uh, that's been our podcast. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Make sure and check out Dead Tomb. And thanks, uh, thanks, John Lester, for being on here with us and talking to us about it. And all the, these other things that you're doing, too. You know, go to Phoenix for, for uh, the game convention and all that other shit. Definitely check yeah, that out. Subscribe to Games Trade One if you haven't I, already. I did actually subscribe to it just so I could give it a look. So because I didn't even know, so I'll check it out and check out also on YouTube. Check out my my uh, top ten games of 2023. Not that you haven't already heard it on this podcast, but watch it in video form. I think there's some put some funny stuff in there. There's definitely some funny stuff from a rhythm from a rhythm sprout that I put in there because that game's wonderful. That was a lot of fun to do that game because. Nobody says anything about, anything about that game except for me, but it's a fucking awesome game. But yeah, it's uh, check that out. Nite- uh, YouTube.com slash Nintendo Main Podcast. And you can also watch our wrestling stream from last week on there where we all played AEW with Joe, and that was, that was a fun time. That's on there as well. And also, if you want to be a patron and help us out, uh, you can go to Patreon.com slash Nintendo Main Podcast. Uh, only for a dollar, you can get our bonus episodes. For like $5 and above, you'll get WART Radio and like the videos and you can even get like physical stuff if you um i think from the five dollar and above you can get stickers and uh and like art prints and weather shit sent to you in the mail so you check that out yeah and you can find jeremy and i on twitter at jmaxstack and at nintendo underscore domain go look at my uh at, at my prince of persia bug and just uh you know, look at how awful it is and feel bad for me or whatever. Uh, <laughs> tweet it at uh, Ubisoft. Make them look at it so they can figure it out. Hell yeah. uh, hopefully fix it in some way. That's what knock on their front door. Yeah. That's been episode 406. And uh, we're your hosts. I'm Trey Johnson. I'm Jerry Mikowski. I'm John Linder. And thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time. See ya.